up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 38 of Ready Play, Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or just hit us up at readyplaymovies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is September 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and joining, joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Troy Bracey. Yes, we here. It feels good to be back after such a long time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah it's great to talk movies as always. We're about a day late and a dollar short. Actually, no, I'll take that back. We're a day late but not a dollar short because we're going to be giving you guys all the good news and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so. it's a lot of news coming out today, boy. Man, we were, I was bitching about like... Uh, Last week. Last week about how it was like the slowest news week, and yeah. now I got like the biggest news week ever, ever, and like I just thank God because I don't want to do topic of the show because like I, <laughs> I, I'm just it's too much to do. So yeah, we didn't too, have time for it. This, this, no, no, this no week. time for that. But you know what? Topic of the show will return in two weeks. In yeah. two weeks. Yes. Next okay. week is the beginning of the month. It's October, so we'll be doing the anniversaries. Correct. So, wow, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be doing all that stuff, and uh, we'll, I'll, I promise you uh, the, the, the topic of the show for in two weeks will be extra spicy. As a matter of fact, yeah, I actually had to have the next uh, topic of the show lined up, so we're actually, I'm actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. I remember you, uh, you talked to me a little bit about it. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes. So okay, we're going to cool. be good. We're going to be good. So um, It we should got... be a good topic of the show when we come back. All right. So, but in the meantime, let's just go ahead and get on to our, um, our impressions here because we actually have a lot of impressions to cover. Um, so let me just go ahead and just, let's, let's start off with something that we both watched. Uh, let's start off with Visions. Uh, simply because it was like the, it's the new hotness. It just yep. came out, and uh, surprisingly, they Disney decided not to do a one episode at a time kind yeah, of release strategy. Yeah, that was very they, smart. They pulled a Netflix strategy, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna tell you this right now. I, you said it's smart, but like I don't think so. Like I actually think it's a disservice to the the show because. One of the things that Disney Plus has going for it is that week to week people are talking. The conversation never stops. And on top of that, the shows can like the episodes can blend together like in your head. Like when they just if you binge watch and power watch everything, you know what happened on this? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that can. No, I, I agree with you. But with this specific show, I think it's a good move. I don't think they should do it in general. But I think with this specific show, it's a good move because they're short. You know, the yeah. episodes are 16 minutes, you yeah. know. If anything, that would be very, like, people bitch about WandaVision, <laughs> you know, being short. So imagine if, you know, you have to wait. And also, this is the only bit of Star Wars content that we've gotten since uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Wait, wait. Yeah, no, yeah, the Mandalorian. It hasn't been any Star Wars since the Mandalorian, you know. So um, I think it will be a disservice to... All right, we finally got Star Wars. Oh, it's only 16 minutes. What? We got to wait a whole another week for 16 minutes. Okay, you know? I would have split the difference. If I were in charge of shit, I would have done three episodes, three episodes, and then three episodes. Since it's only nine, I would have done it three weeks and just Yeah, maybe, them. you know, maybe do something like that. You know, that that might that probably would have worked, but I think it would have been a wrong move for this particular show to just drop each week. You know, I think that was like, look, it's 16 minutes. Because I told a friend of mine... Um, 
Steven. You know, mm-hmm. I told Steven, I said, man, I was talking to him about how much, uh, how dope I, uh, I felt like Visions was. Yeah. And he was like, oh, really? They dope? Wow, wow. And he was like, how long are they? That's like one of the first questions. I said, yeah, they're like short. They're 16 minutes. He immediately got disappointed. Oh. Because, you know, like, again, when you think of something that's a bit short, it's disappointing. So yeah. then I told him right after that, but they dropped it all simultaneously. Then he got back happy. <laughs> so that kind of lets me know that Disney did the right thing because I think a lot of people would have been pissed, but yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so you only watched the first five and I watched the first seven. I, so I only have like two more left to go. Uh, so I'll just we'll just try to stick to what you watched, and then we can do like the last four for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I could binge watch the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, so like, okay, the first the first episode was the, in my opinion, the coolest looking episode, and it's the perfect season opener. Mm-hmm. It's in black and white, and the only thing that's in color is like the lightsabers and the laser fires. Yeah, yeah. And it's got like that um, that old Japanese anime style that I, I can't. Yeah. I don't know the name of like of like uh, like di- famous directors or whatever. So like you can always say like. Uh, like a certain like Kurosawa or whatever like so cool. that's yeah. a perfect that's a perfect you know is that the one is that it a gave me like a magnificent seven uh, yeah. vibe like by director Kurosawa you yeah. know so uh, you can say certain styles you can like insert this person's name and be like yeah. this style but yeah so I know I know certain anime styles when I see them mm. right I know yeah. it because yeah. I've seen a lot of anime yeah. but I can never tell you the name of specifically the style. Yeah. yeah yeah so like I'll be like oh that you yeah know what I mean? yeah so absolutely I'm not that much of a weeb <laughs> yeah yeah I yeah. kind of watch some anime shit but like. That was the coolest shit ever, and I, I gotta say, I never would have imagined Star Wars in that style. And not to mention, like, what's kind of funny is that George Lucas is, uh, has had, like, had, had certain Japanese influences, like, with, like, the lightsabers and stuff like that, with the Force, and, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting that it's going back full circle. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, George yeah. George Lucas took from Japanese culture, and then Japanese culture is taken from Star Wars culture. Yeah, kind yeah. Kind of thing. So, yeah. what did you think of that episode? And- Man, that episode was just absolutely badass. It was <laughs> yes. like... It was so dope, man. Like it, it, and the, the thing that made it so dope is it is a blend of both. Like, cause in, in theory you would think that it's just completely just a Japanese, like it. But no, it's little little things in there that felt still felt Star Wars. They remembered to still make it Star Wars. Like it yeah. didn't. They didn't just come and just make it. They like completely take over it. And uh, I just loved the animation style. It was very unique to Star Wars. Like, uh, for sure. And uh, just the 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 choreography of the the fighting and it was just really cool, man. I I really enjoyed. It. And for that to be, they just it's like they picked the the best possible episode to open the show. Yeah, with. you know what I'm saying to start off with that type of animation with that type of action. It was just fucking cool, man. Yeah. And I actually liked the 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 subtle kind of story that was involved in that as well so uh i thought it was in the the main character that was in that was just a badass yeah he was just badass as hell you know like the scene where he says uh start the timer or set the coffee for this month and it was the exact time fix fix this uh uh, droid by the time this water boils boils yeah and it was like the exact time i was like oh that was so badass so yeah Uh, what was the most badass in my book was the umbrella uh a lightsaber that was oh, spinning. Sh- 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 oh, sh- I was like, oh, oh that shit was I'm, so like, clean. That was like something I've never would have imagined, but like now that I have seen it, yeah, I'm yeah. glad I had it. Like yeah, I just needed, yeah. I didn't know I needed that in my life. Yeah, it was just so clean. Like it, it's 
and that's what I mean about it was oh. creative. Oh, when he stabbed him and then it opened up. Oh, like, oh, yeah. like, oh shit! Oh, damn. Yeah, they they didn't give a fuck, man. It was so cool and it was unique. I never thought of that something like that, like a spinning like lightsaber. Like what the fuck? That was so cool. Yeah, so I, I uh, that was awesome as hell. And then uh, what was really interesting is like how stylistic it was. It's not just like in the terms of like the way the art style, but also just the portrayal of like this this idyllic town that was very reminded me of very Jap- Japan. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. they had like Indeed. the yeah. the droids in like in these straw things yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like I've seen that before, so it's so interesting that they they sort of just had that little like touch that little of, touch, yeah, little yeah, yeah subtle touch kind of thing. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was actually, I think, possibly may have been my favorite episode out of the That's entire That's my second favorite uh, so far. Right. You know, my, my first favorite was, the, uh, I believe it was the very next episode where about the band. Yeah, uh, that, Tatooine Rhapsody. I, yeah, I loved that episode, man. It was so good. Um, it was a heartfelt, you know, we got a badass cameo, yeah. you know, in there. Uh, well, really, two cameos, yeah. and uh, it was. I, I like how they twisted it. Like you, you thought you were gonna predict how it was gonna go down. Like oh, it's about yeah. to be a fight, or yeah. they're gonna go fight, and it was something completely yeah. different. But and the main thing I liked is I actually genuinely liked the music that they were performing in that episode. You know, like the the ending when they start performing, I was like. Oh, this is a good band. Like yeah. I like, I actually like the music. You know that actually made it better. And so, uh, yeah, man, I think that was my favorite episode. See, I guess I'm gonna have to like sort of go a little bit off that one. I actually liked that episode, but the one thing I didn't like about the episode was the music. <laughs> the, oh, you didn't did, like it? Like, yeah, I thought that it was is, a little. It was a little cheesy, and like for me, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't hit that pop pop punk uh, like like band thing he's like mm. like when he was he when he that first, was joseph gordon levitt yeah that i was didn't know that shit so like it tells you like the voice cast at the end of every episode if you watch the credits uh like the first one like the person holding the umbrella lightsaber in the first episode was lucy Liu. Mm. uh and then like there was like neil patrick harris is one of that's them that's cool like they're all like there's a lot of celebrity cast members and stuff like that um and so what's really like for me like the first time he did the shout like the like that high note shout the high like note, a, yeah. the, that fallout boy shout that we all yeah, know what it is yeah yeah uh, when he did it the first time in the early episode it just completely fell flat for me mm. but the second time he did it when he was performing on Tatooine it sort of landed for me yeah. but what really what really felt off about it for me was the fact that uh, Star Wars isn't known for that kind of music you know what I mean like you hear like the the, yeah, the, yeah, but the, that doesn't really yeah. matter for me because it was like I think that's the whole point of this show is to like, uh, like, and they never I don't know if they ever did, but they don't never clarify if any of this is canon or yeah, not. Yeah. And I don't think it matters. I think this is like a like a just kind of enjoy it. You know what I mean? Kind of go just you know. I think giving artists free. Yeah, free range. Right, yeah. yeah. And I think that's on purpose. I think they literally, like, I know Star Wars aren't known for rock bands and shit, but that's why we're going to do it. You know what I mean? But I guess you're right. The music can't make or break that episode. Like, if you like the music, then it's like how I feel. And if you don't, it's like, yeah, you know, so that is I like the storytelling and I liked what they did with the the plot twist at the end. Yeah. And there there was something about, like, Seeing one of the characters who's known for being a badass just bop his head. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I was I like, love, oh, that, I love it was, that. It was, that in was character. like one of my favorite parts. It yeah. was in character for that guy, but it was just perfect. It was like, still uh, perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And how he had like his microphone was a lightsaber. Oh yeah. So I <laughs> thought it was gonna be a lightsaber, but it was just a microphone. microphone? I was like, oh, that's uh, so clever, man. That was so, so yeah. good. Yeah. So and like I said, it's just like 
Uh, it's like Star Wars. The Star Wars galaxy doesn't isn't really like known for being like very pop culture-y. And so like, yeah, nah. it almost kind of seems like an, an anachronisms. Uh, yeah, is how yeah. it feels like. Yeah. So other than that, like, like I said, storytelling wise and like everything, yeah. uh, everything landed for me. I like uh, that episode. I still like episode one better over that. Like, now let me ask you something: Is there an episode you didn't like so far? Um, no, not that I can remember. I think if there is. If there is an episode that I didn't like, it would probably would have been an episode I was just bored with. But like, I, I didn't like the episode. I believe it was right after that episode. I don't know if it was the third one. I think it was, it was like the third the, one was the twins. The duel. The twins. That yeah, played. I didn't like that episode. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that okay. was the one I didn't like. The I one didn't thing like I didn't that, like. And I, the I, animation. I, I like that animation. Oh, actually. you did? Uh, um, it's like a very ne- a new animation style that's kind of coming up on anime yeah. where they, they get rid of the borders. They get rid yeah, of the, I hate that. Oh, that God. Style. It just feels so like... Bland, like it doesn't. It felt like just someone could sketch it real fast. It don't, you know what I'm saying? But I, it, but the animation, even though the I didn't like the animation, I could have lived with it. Yeah. I just didn't. I just felt like they just was making up their own rules in the sense that these dudes fighting in space. Yeah. Like that and, was the one thing I was about to say. Like the one thing I didn't like is that they were breathing in space, talking in space, yeah. uh, making sounds in space, like from crashing and stuff like that. There's no air. Yeah. So it's like. That's the one thing I didn't like, but otherwise the the, the whole the the story, twin thing. The story of yeah. twins has been done in Star Wars and can't. And, and that's and, another thing. It felt like, so on the opposite end of the spectrum, how you felt about the band kind of being not really Star Wars. I felt like that was just too uh, cliche for Star. Like a twin and it's yeah, like, how many it, twins it, yeah. have we seen? Or if not twins. Both in, in Legends and in Legends and in Canon. And Canon. Twins, it's yeah. like, oh, really? Like they're twins, you know? So, <laughs> but, you know, that that was the only one that I, I didn't like so far. But the rest of them, I I, uh, I like. I only seen five. So. I've seen, did you see an episode where like, uh, like there was like a, 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 a robot that was like on a planet with an old man with like a bunch of other droids. He's like he's like a bit of Astro Boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You seen that yeah, one? Yeah. I like that one. I was yeah, like, that was dope. That was dope because yeah. I was like, holy shit, a droid becoming. A Jedi? Yeah, that was fucking was like, badass. Like I like see like I like shit like that doing shit that you, that's uncommon. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that was that was super cool. There was an Inquisitor and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah that was fucking dope. <laughs> and also the I think one of them was uh, the the professor. I think he might have been Simu Lu who was Shang Chi. So. Oh damn, that's yeah. badass. I yeah. Mean, so this so far has been my favorite anime that I mean. Uh, yeah. Animation uh, show that they've done. I I, I like this the best so far. It's early, but I like this the best so far. Did you see the one where like it's a girl like on a planet that's being like shown around, like this uh, planet that's got like living memories or? Yeah, where it's like you the score is going on. Like, is it a musical score going on in that one? No, Uh, no, it's like uh, like she's like being shown to like this this husband and wife are being married. In this forest or woods. Yeah, I think that's the one with the score. And then, like, she's, like, kind of bad that she's got to be... She chose herself for something to... To be sacrificed. To be sacrificed. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that, that one. one. There's yeah. that one. Okay. That, that one, and that... that is, it's, it's, a, it's a musical score in that one that is some of the best music I've ever heard. It's so fantastic. Like, almost the score alone made me like that episode. Because that episode really is boring. Yeah, that one was boring. That was, like, my least favorite one, is that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Not that, because it was bad but because it was boring it was it just was a, boring it yeah. was even even it being short it dragged yeah it, i'm like how much longer is yeah this? It, it it dragged it felt yeah. like it was like 30 minutes yes. you know what i'm saying but the the score was good and i kind of liked the story but so. the ending was good the yeah, ending the made ending up for it made up yeah yeah uh then there was that one and then uh, one episode that i did see that you haven't seen that i know you haven't seen is like this one weird ass episode where it's like 
uh, a mystery. It was like it's like holy oh shit, shit. Like, that's one I'm gonna need to it's see. It's like a bit of a like a like a Mexican standoff kind of thing where it's like everyone's like oh that's a badass yeah. man. That, so yeah, I, I love I love Vision so far. They so far they're knocking it out the park. So yeah, that's uh, Visions is good, and uh, I I I like all the animation studios. I haven't for me like the for the seven that I've seen out of the nine. None, none of them really fell flat from an animation style perspective. Mm. They all hit for me. Uh, just maybe like I would say two of them, like maybe like I would say uh, I I liked I if they it was just the music. If it was just the music, if you like the music, if I like the music, worked. then yeah. it would have worked. But otherwise, that one and the boring one. Otherwise, they are just like seven is the lowest for any one episode. But they generally tend to average between eight and nines. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, anyways, uh, we'll go ahead and move on to what if. And I'm going to keep it short and simple. Uh, I think what if this episode's of a week's episode of what if was Party Thor. Did I, did I tell you about Party Thor? No. Okay, so, all right. I don't know what Party Thor is. Party Thor is whenever Thor uh, grew up as an only child. He didn't have Loki. So oh, you know how, really? You he know how, like, how uh, Odin adopted Loki? Yeah, and they, yeah. No, well, he just gave him back to the Frost Giants. Oh, shit. And this, in this, uh, in this uh, alternate reality. So let me tell you this right now. There was the fight that I needed to see that will never happen in the MCU because these two characters are heroes and uh, we don't. There was no reason for them to fight. But in this episode, Captain Marvel and Thor fought each other like damn, ball out. Well, hold on. But to be fair. In the first Avengers, we saw several fights between we seen Iron Man fight Thor, Thor. we seen Thor Thor versus Hulk, we seen uh, Thor versus Hulk. Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, So we did. Oh, and in the second one, we seen Iron Man versus Hulk and uh, Age of Ultron. We seen Hulk Buster versus Hulk. Yeah. So it's still a possibility. I don't know if it'll happen. I need to see Captain Marvel versus Thor, but this one, this one was the one that was it bad. Yes, it was bad. Shit. It was so good because you know somebody came out and said Captain Marvel is the strongest in Avengers. The, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. during an interview or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. So that would be a hell of a fight, like a god versus the strongest in the Avengers, according to them. That'd have been dope. Yeah. So what? Uh, it was a pretty like close fight, and there wasn't a winner declared uh, because they made it seem like uh, even though okay, Thor won, but Captain ah. Marvel, but Captain Marvel said in the fight, like after the fight was over, that she held back. Oh, okay. So okay. Like, see, but see, they pulled that same bullshit in the rematch versus Thor and Hulk and uh, Thor Ragnarok. Remember when oh, Hulk Oh, yeah, yeah. They pulled that bullshit where, like, we didn't get to see who won because he got shocked yeah. or whatever. I was like, I remember when that happened in theaters, I was so pissed because the fight was just so good. I was like, who's going to win this? Yeah. And then they did that, so. Yeah, they can't ever really have definitive winners. Winner, yeah, so. they can't. But what's kind of interesting is, like, okay, so the premise of the episode is, like, what if he was an like only child? And so what ends up happening is he becomes party Thor. So you know how, like, in Thor 1, how he's so full of himself, he's so egotistical, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. imagine just that but dialed up to the point where he's a, he's basically a frat boy. He's a oh, fuck boy. Oh, he's on that level. He's a fuck boy. Oh, like, shit. Up. Like, he is straight up shit. a fuck boy. And, like, yeah, he's got, he's clean shaven. He's, like, God fucking, God like, Goldilocks, fucking, like, a freaking Ken, whatever, like, Barbie, yeah. Barbie and Ken kind of shit. Yeah. He's so pretty and handsome, and he, like, he likes to, like, hang out and just drink all the time. Yeah. So he's still got Mjolnir. He's still powerful. Yeah. But he just likes to just kick it. See, one of the things I don't understand, so he's got Mjolnir, Mjolnir yeah. like, 
So how is he worthy? Like, <laughs> they don't really answer that like, shit. What the fuck? They don't really answer that shit. Okay. But in Thor 1, remember how in Thor 1, Odin goes on his Odin sleep? Like, just yeah. suddenly? Like, yeah, yeah. So the timeline happens where he has to go to his Odin sleep. So he goes to Odin sleep, and uh, Frigga just decides, I'm going to peace out. I'm going to go drink some tea with my girlfriends. My bitches over here. <laughs> and so she goes to go drink some some tea or whatever. Like, And she just fucks off. Yeah. And then, so Frigga tells Thor, you better behave. Yeah. And then... And then I got Heimdall watching you. God and then, damn. And so she, it's like, it's like mom and dad are, are left. It's like mom I'm and dad gone. are left and I got the house to myself. Uh, myself yeah. yeah it's know. basically like that. And so Thor decides like, you know what? This is what we're going to do. All right. I know they said no parties, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to earth because Heimdall doesn't look at earth because it's some backwards, it's some backwater planet that no one gives a fuck about. Yeah. And we're just going to go kick it and have a raging kegger at <laughs> earth. Yeah. And so he shows up. Instead of showing up in the desert where like Natalie Portman was at, yeah, he shows up in Las Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, everyone and all the people on Earth are like scared, like what the fuck? An alien just showed up, and he's like with the fucking Bifrost. Yeah. He's like people of Earth, and he's like he's all like like very imposing, and so he's like prepare to party, like he's what like what the, the fuck? fuck? And everyone was like yeah, and everyone was getting lit, oh, and then shit. all of the people were like Bifrosting in like from like different pe- uh, parts of the space, like Guardians y- of yeah. the Galaxy are there, yeah. and it's just like a party that just trash. Earth. God, like, just, well, sorry for everybody. Yeah. Louis did his spoiler. Once again, he spoiled it again. It's supposed to be impressions, but he just telling the whole episode. Like, <laughs> sorry, folks. Like, hey, look, it's, it's good. Uh, I just I wanted to go full on out because it was a, a good one. I liked it. Is this, your, is this your favorite episode so far? Hell no, hell no. Uh, I don't. I think it was just the, the most enjoyable one. I don't even know. I can't think of what my favorite one was. The, the episode two with Chadwick Boseman. Oh yeah, uh, the, okay, that one is yeah, by far yeah. the best one in my opinion. Oh, okay. uh, but like for me, like it was enjoyable because like the the, the most recent episodes between zombies and like they've mm. been they've been depressing. Yeah, uh, uh, a lot of people are given what if kind of bad. bad reviews or mixed, mixed kind of yeah. mid mid reviews, which is uh, very surprising. Yeah, so I don't. There's more to tell. I'm not gonna tell the ending of the party Thor. I think that's just like if anything, all I just told you was the setup. It's like yeah, I'm gonna yeah. fucking party. Yeah, yeah, that's and crazy. So, yeah, that's basically what ended up happening, and uh, so I, I, yeah, I said there's a there's a twist ending again. There's a there's a twist ending that's gonna lead into the next episode, so that's. Cool. Oh, so this episode carries on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Yeah, they they showed a they showed a character just show up out of nowhere, and it's gonna be this week's episode. So that's dope. Uh, so yeah, I, I I like it, and like I said, I still encourage you to watch it because I think I think it's canon. I'm pretty sure that. What happened in the Doctor Strange episode is gonna be part of the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, yeah, that and it makes sense too. So I'm, I'm gonna if I don't watch any, I'm gonna watch that one mainly because that's gonna tie into a bunch of multiversal madness yeah. shit. Yeah. So. All right, so we'll go ahead and carry it on to the next thing I watch. I watch Cry Macho, which is the Clint Eastwood movie. It's on HBO Max, which I didn't actually say on the podcast. I said it was in theaters because I didn't. I forgot it was a Warner Brothers joint. So it is in theaters too. Yeah, yeah so, it is in theaters. So you didn't lie. You didn't, yeah. didn't tell it. I just didn't say theaters and HBO Max. So I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna keep it short and simple and say that it was actually a good movie. Uh, I liked okay. it. Um, I actually was surprised because the trailers made it seem like it was a deconstruction of what it means to be macho. And like, they had all the lines about it. It was like, I lived a life kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those lines were there. And that line in that trailer was actually one of the last scenes in the movie. Oh, wow. They gave that away. But basically the whole, like, uh, the deconstruction of like what it means to be like a man or masculinity. Yeah. That wasn't even there. That wasn't really part of the movie. Oh, It was just a drama movie about a guy going on a trip to save a kid from Mexico and take him back to the U S and he just fought, he just forms an attachment to him. Mm. 
That's pretty much what the movie's about. Uh, okay. And it's like the movie isn't about the destination. The movie's about the journey. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. and so like yeah, that's pretty much what it's about. And I actually liked it. I think that the movie did a very good job of like getting you to care about the characters and and connect with them. And it the the movie had like like it was very slow burn, but it like it didn't feel its time. Like I never looked at my time like what how much longer is this gonna right, be like right right i thought it was engaging it had good pacing good yeah. pacing i was engaged with it clint eastwood at 91 years old is still fucking moving around like that's you know. crazy that is crazy and what's kind of the only bad thing i'm gonna give and this is just a bit of a like a uh not a knock against the movie it's just the fact that clint eastwood is 91 years old and so they have to have him do like fighting scenes and the most he can do is just one punch oh right? uh, yeah yeah and so yeah. they don't really like they, yeah. they, they they do these tricks yeah these uh like editing tricks. Not not editing tricks. They do situational tricks where Clint Eastwood can get out of a fight. Oh yeah. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. something comes up out of nowhere and distracts him, and then that's where Clint Eastwood gets this one his one punch, in and he can just take off. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, well, he's smart because he writes it, so yeah. he knows like, damn, I ain't gonna be able to do this. Let me. You know what I'm so like, uh, so instead of uh, Clint Eastwood getting to a one on one fight with somebody, uh, like one of the characters like yells at like, hey, come help, and so someone else comes and jumps them instead uh, of him having yeah, to do it. Him had to so do it, like yeah. they do these like there was a lot of situations where it was about to go down. But yeah. then they write their way out of it. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. he's, he, it makes sense. He, he's on any motherfucking 91 yeah, years he old. Can't, yeah. yeah. So uh, I just think that that's hilarious. But I just I just want to say I see you. you and, that, I mean? and that trips me out. But it, it, it trips me out, though, that Clint Eastwood is 91 still. Because you got to remember, he's directing and and acting in this movie. Yeah. And, and anyone that don't know anything about directing and acting... They're both hard jobs on their own. Yeah. Like if you're just directing, it's a tiring job. Like directors be like, "Fuck, man!" And then if you're just an actor, it's a tiring job. So for him to be acting and directing at 91, it's it's uh it's it's incredible. That's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, he was born in what 1930. Jesus Christ, man! Think how different the world was <laughs> when he was born. Fuck. Yeah. So. Uh, I just want to say I really like the movie. I, if you guys have HBO Max, y'all definitely should check it out. Y'all won't. Yeah, I don't think. I, I think it's a good time. It's a good drama. Um, I would if 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 Oscar season is particularly weak, then he's he's got a. This movie has a has to get a shoot. Oh no! Nah. This Oscars. this year. Oh, I mean, uh, this year on paper is gonna is gonna yeah. be a phenomenal year. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if there's room for this in the Oscars. I mean, yeah. I think there's some. There's some Oscar. He Maybe? has a shot. Yeah. yeah. He, he has Maybe a shot. for direct. I don't even know for directing. Do no, like, I don't no. know. Fuck no. You got Wes Anderson and Paul Thomas Anderson and Gilmore Del Toro <laughs> in the same year. So, yeah. So, but, yeah. But, this one's going to get drowned out. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, it might get drowned out. But, you know, who knows? All these movies might suck by all these great directors. <laughs> who knows? So. All right. And finally, the last thing that we watched, we watched a movie together. We had a movie night. Troy and I decided to hang out on, a, on Saturday night and watch uh, Night Books. Yep. And so let me tell you this right now. Remember how I said I always enjoy watching the movie, like the experience of watching the movie? Yeah. Like for me, this movie was that, like yeah, hanging out with experience. everyone. And uh, quick note, this is the first time me and Louie had impressions where we both saw the movie together. Yes. So, oh, yeah. Actually, uh, that's true. Yeah. We've seen the same impressions, but we never watched them together. together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Troy got to come to my house and sit on my couch and watch uh, uh, my glorious 4K TV with HDR. It's badass. It's badass. And everything. We saw, I, I even like dusted the TV. Yeah. Just yeah. for him. It just was to, badass. to make sure he gets the best experience. I had the volume good. Uh, 
uh, it was uh, the movie was actually very well shot. Like mm-hmm. it was shot very like with like uh, cinematography that almost kind of looks OCD. Yeah, like they talk about yeah. in the topic of the show we covered about OCD. Yeah, like, OCD it, cinematography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it worked. It was good. It yeah. was it good. And um, for me, the performances of the actors were actually pretty good. Like they uh, especially like the main kid actor, like the boy. He mm-hmm. like when like okay, there was this one unbelievable moment where he wasn't scared when he should be scared. But yeah, yeah. there were moments later on in the movie where he was terrified and he sold it. Yeah, there was yeah. this one moment in the movie where and the towards the end of the movie where he he's like crying and just like the tears are going down his face mm-hmm. and you feel it. Yeah, like yeah. I was like, damn, he, it like it hurts you. But yeah. also there's also this other moment in the movie where. Um, Actually, no. You know what? I can't. I lost my train of thought. Troy, take over. What do you got? Well, I, like, you know, it's crazy because you talk about acting, and I think I, it's a lot of things I like about the movie, but I think one of the things I like the most is the acting. Yeah. By these children, actors, they do so such a good job in terms of, because they got to be charismatic. They got to be scared. Sometimes got to be funny. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And I remember what I was going to say. But for them to be uh, that young and pulling all this off, you yeah. know, it was really good. And really, they carry the movie because yeah. there's not that many actors in the movie it's three, like really. three kids really you two know two kids and Jessica yeah really, so it's like that means they have to carry that's a lot of a load that's a big load on kids so out of everything I think I was most impressed by the performances in the movie yeah now I remember what I was going to say The uh, what I was going to say was the thing that really like really like just set it over the top for me where I was clapping my hands during the movie was the part where they did the title cards. Oh yeah. And then they're yeah, like, yeah. it's like red and it's got that like scratch yeah, on the yeah. film. And he's telling the story. And I was, before he was, uh, he was starting the opening the story and he starts reading the first couple of words. And I'm like, they better do a cutaway. And I yeah. kept saying, they better do a cutaway. Yeah. And they finally did the cutaway yeah. and it was good. Like they were on like this set. That, and the that thing like is, a- remember you were disappointed at first because they did the cutaway and then they cut back. That, oh, I was like, and oh, yeah. was like, oh, they wasted this. And they could have been so fucking dope. And then they <laughs> cut back, back to it. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah so yes. that's good. They, I'm so glad they decided to do that. Yeah. I like how they kind of tricked us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like they do like the, like the, the, the scratch, you know, yeah. that scratch. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but the best part were the best parts were the cutaways because they mm. did this elaborate set where it looks like a shot on a stage, like mm-hmm. a like yep. a theater stage, yep. and they had like these prop stages, like these these set designs. Yeah. But they were like they were fake, but also like it's because it works, mm-hmm. like in, like a stage, yeah. like yeah. a stage play. It's kind supposed of thing. to be like that. It's supposed yeah. to be like that, and it just it just it just nails it like the the makeup and like yeah it was mm-hmm. one of the things like the makeup was good mm-hmm. the the monster design were a little cheesy the the special effects were a little off at times sometimes they were on point yeah and sometimes they were that, bad. that was the that was the one uh thing the special effects like with the, with the cat and shit like yeah. you could clearly see like it's like cgi yeah. you know yeah yeah, but otherwise, like, like there was for me, there was a lot good going for this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, there's more good than bad. Like, there's just nitpicks, and overall, they don't affect the story. The story yeah, works. Yeah, I mean, it, the movie, I, I overall liked it. You know, it was, it was fun. And it's one of those movies that when you watch the trailer, it literally 50-50, you can flip a coin. It might be good. It might be bad. Yeah. And so uh, after you watch it, you realize you have a lot of fun. And uh, I think it's really, even though it got like, it's a, it got just enough horror because it's not supposed to be a horror movie, but it got like scary elements to it, you know, for kids to be able to watch it as well and have a good time. And uh, it's funny because I really uh, had a fun time. Like you, you really kind of feel like it give you Jumanji vibes yeah. you know what I mean so nowhere near a perfect movie or not a great movie it was just a it good. was a solid fun movie well now since it was a Netflix exclusive movie does this 
raise the bar for like a Netflix movie or what did you think? Nah, I don't think it did because Netflix like because uh, I think it was a good movie. I don't know if I paid to see it in theaters though. No, nah, the I wouldn't pay it to see it in theaters. And like Netflix, they they could make these type of movies like movies that are just all right. That's the problem because they do mostly all right or bad. It's like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they don't have enough like height level. Like damn, this was great. Yeah. So this doesn't. I don't really look at this and say, man, Netflix this doesn't is, move the needle. For yeah, me. this don't move the needle because. I mean, I've seen Netflix movies where I'm like, eh, it was all right. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, but it, it was still fun. I think if if you run across it on Netflix, I'll suggest you watch it. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It's a suggestion for me as well. I, I like the movie. I found the movie engaging, to tell you the truth. I was like, we were, uh, it was one of those kind of movies where like, I like, when when normally I like say everyone whenever everyone comes to the house I tell everyone shut the fuck up don't talk but this one we did talk that's better to talk, talk yeah we talked sparingly though yeah, anytime yeah. we talked we talked like to to engage with it mm-hmm. so yeah yeah anyways thirty minutes thirty minutes into the show and it's time to get into the actual news we interrupt this program to bring you a special report all right so for news we have the most juiciest news that we have to go really in depth with now we did talk off camera yesterday about uh this one news story and so i already know your opinion on it but uh my opinion is still kind of bad nintendo apparently is real uh, to nintendo's apparently real mario movie stars chris pratt and jack black so um yeah there's a nintendo's making a feature-length animated movie that's coming out on december 21st 2022 20, uh, in the in the north america and uh mario creator shigeru miyamoto announced on thursday's nintendo direct um that uh, let's see here. Timing elsewhere will be announced later. So talk about the release date of about other territories. And yes, the movie will star Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy, Anya Taylor Joy from The Queen's Gambit, and Jack Black from School of Rock. The voice, uh, the full voice ca- cast feels absolutely surreal with uh, Pratt and Anya Taylor Joy starring in Mar- as Mario and Princess Peach, respectively. Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia will be playing uh, Luigi. Uh, Jack Black will be a Bowser. Keegan Michael Key as Toad. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. And Sebastian uh, Maniscalco is Spike. Uh, it says that Charles Martinet, who's the voice of uh, Mario and Luigi and Waluigi, among others, is also in voice in, uh, is also involved in the animated film. Miyamoto said, and that uh, we'll all be very upset if Wario is not in the animated film. Uh, Martinet has, of course, voiced Wario too. So, anyways, so that's pretty much the story. The internet sort of had like this meltdown. Like, there's like a mixed reaction of people just like reacting to it. And so, I'm gonna ask you this: uh, you, you hear the cast and. Uh, what did what did you think of this particular cast? Well, I'm mostly negative on it. Oh, um, I remember you being positive. Like well, yesterday. I'm mostly negative, but I I do I am positive as well. Okay. Um, the re- the main reason why I'm positive is because of Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Detective Pikachu. Because when you think of when you think of Pokemon, you don't think of Detective that movie like yeah. th- that movie. It's almost its own thing, but it was still fun, and I enjoyed it as a Pokemon movie. And uh, and the way they kind of went about that, they did the whole casting, you know, Ryan Reynolds, and it and it was like Hollywood, and it worked. And also, a lot of people like Sonic, you know, yeah. that they did the same sort of thing in terms of making it big blockbuster, Jim Carrey in there and whatever. Yeah. And but, Ben Schwartz was good as Sonic as well. Right, as, as well. So so it's it's been shown in Hollywood that these as and, and recently that these movies can work with these, you know, big blockbuster actors 
actors and stuff like that. Because the writing is suited to them. And, and the yeah. writing is suited to yeah. Uh, yeah, right. So, but it's, the reason why it's mainly negative for me for a couple of reasons. Number one is like Mario and Luigi, you know, they're Italian. Yeah. You know, and so it really puts Chris Pratt in a lose-lose situation because if Chris Pratt goes for an Italian type of <laughs> voice or accent, well, then it's going to look bad because it's like, well, you should have cast an Italian. Like, you cast a guy to pretend to be Italian, you know, but then if he ignores the Italian accent, then then it's going to look like, uh, you know, then it's going to just look like, you know, you're not being faithful to the material. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's a lose-lose. If he be, if he acts Italian kind of like how they are, then it's going to be like, you should have cast an Italian. If he don't, then it's going to be like, you're not being faithful to the material. You know, so that's the reason why I don't really know if I like the idea of having this big, because it's not, Mario is not just, yeah, Chris Pratt is funny, but it's not just about being funny. It's about being, making the character feel like the Mario character is, or Luigi character is why are we even making a Mario movie. So I don't, you know, and, and also I, I've never been great with the idea of just getting a bunch of celebrities to like, you got, <laughs> you got professional voice, actors, voice yeah. actors out there that can do a good job, but it's just like, Oh, we want to, you know, big names to sell the movie. If the movie's good, it's going to sell. It's Mario in a good movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just never been on board with just get the funny name, big name, funny name, big name. So you know, that's why I'm more leaning towards, you know, I'm not cool with it because it feels like it's a, a gimmick. It feels more like a gimmick movie than like, all right, we're trying our best to make the best, you know, Mario movie. It feels like, uh, we don't know if we can make the best, so get all these actors in there, you know? <laughs> it feels that way. So yeah. that's why I'm leaning towards, you know. It's easier to send, like, these big-name actors to, like, late-night shows and press junkets and stuff like that because that's what it is. But, like, in my opinion, like, Mario, since he's, like, Charles Martinet has been voicing Mario since, like, the 90s. Like, for me, that's how Mario sounds like. So to hear something other than Charles Martinet, uh, it just would be, it would sound weird. Well, see, I'm not going to lie. I, I disagree with that. Only because movies is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's done a video game, and video games, you don't got to put on, like, a, like, or especially for the Mario video, you don't got to put on a performance. So to say, like, hey, get the guy that's been doing them for the video games to come back and do it for the movie, it's it's a different medium. So you can't just say, oh, just because you were good at that don't mean he might be good well, it's at still, this. it's still voice acting, though. Yeah, I mean, it's voice acting, but, like, how much dialogue does Mario normally have? He's spoken sentences before, but, like, not Yeah, like, but I'm saying, like, sentences and, like, you got to actually deliver on dialogue from a conversation that yeah. me and you have, and it's a different thing. So I could see him being in it or maybe having a, you know, but I don't know if it's like, all right, now you're ready for the lead role of a, you know, because a lot of people think voice acting, like, it's people that are professional voice actors, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and I don't necessarily think that just because you're a big name actor, you should be a voice actor, and that's why why I got a problem. Well, with let it. me ask you this: uh, Chris Pratt was uh, the lead actor in uh, the Lego Movie. Yeah, yeah. And so, what yeah. did you think of his performance as uh, as that character? He, he did good. I think I really liked him in the Lego Movie. Yeah. I thought he was very charismatic, very funny, and his voice acting was on point, right? And it was on point. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm like, that's exactly why I said I'm like, I'm fifty fifty kind of. I'm not necessarily off board, but. I'm not on board, you okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, be, only because of the, the roots. Like, if he was playing 
a, a white character that's from, you know, one of, if he was playing Zelda, I don't know, like, just say he was playing, Link. voice acting yeah. Link or yeah. Zelda or something. It's like, okay, cool. But it's like, you know, literally, that's part of what, you know, Mario, Mario, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So is he going to do Mario or is he going to just ignore that? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah. that's the only reason why I'm kind of like, eh. but again, like, I'm not all the way against it. Like, I'm not like, oh, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Chris Pat is a funny guy, so. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'm 50-50 on I'm 60-40. I'm leading against it. Like, I'm Yeah, actually, I'm about 60-40 too. Yeah. I'm, I'm more... I'm, yeah. I'm more negative than positive. Right. Like, I, I give... Only because of the Lego movie, I'm giving Chris Pratt the, the benefit of the doubt. But Charlie Day just... It just seems like with Charlie Day and with uh, Keegan Michael Key, like, it just seems like they're just... They're, it feels like they're going for, like, an exaggerated exaggeration of what they are like yeah. especially with charlie yeah. day like we all know that luigi's like very like you know nervous and stuff like that yeah, and not yeah. as confident as mario yeah. and it just seems like when you put charlie day he's just gonna be like luigi yeah. but but with neuroses yeah right yeah you yeah. know what i mean like I that's so that's how i yeah. kind of see it and with like and i when and i when i think of keegan michael key uh uh, voicing Toad, I'm thinking like he's gonna be doing Key and Peel sketches, and like yeah. like uh, uh-huh. like basically what Dallas said during Ready Press Play, he said that they're gonna make him Eddie Murphy and make him from Mulan. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what's yeah. his name? That, yeah. that dragon. Uh, uh, the red dragon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna make him that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want that for Toad. And and I think that's what I think that's what they're going for, cause like one thing about Hollywood, they copy each other, so they're like, oh Sonic, oh. Detective Pikachu, well, yeah, we don't got to show any faithfulness to the source material. Let's just make the movie. You Let's know just make it out. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of, that's why I'm kind of like, uh, don't tell me that's what y'all doing. You know what I mean? Because that worked for those movies, kind of, but, you know. And I, then I don't want to hear a Seth Rogen's giggle laugh as Donkey Kong. <laughs> can yeah, you do can you do a Seth Rogen laugh or not? I can't at you all. Can't, but yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. And that's why I'm saying I, I agree, man. I don't like I just felt like they went with big names. Like, you know, when you cast a movie, and this is what I be having a problems with, this is the issue I be having with these kind of movies. Like, when you cast a movie, you try to make a cast an actor that fits the role. Yeah. Right? When any movie you make, you don't just randomly say, oh, this guy, this guy, and this guy. You know what I mean? You try to cast. And I feel like with these movies, I don't know if they're any putting in any effort to cast the right person for the role. It's just like they're saying, oh, this dude will be funny. Okay, put him as who, any, many, 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 oh, Bowser. You know what I mean? Yeah. It don't feel like, I don't, I'm not looking at this and saying, oh, this dude fits this guy. So, I don't know if they're just doing that or if they really did put thought and effort and we got to wait until we see the movie. I will say, I'm, I, uh, the one I was, during the gaming podcast, I was positive on Jack Black being uh, Bowser. Yeah. And I, the reason why I said at first was like, oh, he's like, when he does something, he commits. You yeah. know, like, like Kung Fu Panda, you know, he's got mm. that just energy that he just brings, like, just like so much fire to it, right? Yeah, yeah. And at first I was like, and I, I, I still sort of feel that sentiment that I, I like Jack Black as Bowser. The only thing I can't wrap my head around is that Jack Black's voice is a little higher on the registry. And like when I think of Bowser, I think of somebody in like a deeper, lower registry, mm. like a growling thing. And I don't yeah. know if I can picture like Poe from Kung Fu Panda being Bowser. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know? hopefully, hopefully, since he's been a voice actor before. The shark Tail. And, yeah, yeah, hopefully he try to differentiate himself from them others. Like, so he won't seem like he's just being them characters in this movie, yeah, you know? Yeah. Hopefully he tries to do something that's different, you know? So Yeah, so... Anyways, I pulled up a video here from Chris Pratt. He, he tweeted as soon as the, the Mario uh, announcement happened. And so here's uh, Chris Pratt uh, talking to the fans about the announcement. Oh, well, let me... Uh, 
Let me uh, start that over here. Do I? Wait, yeah. Where's the volume on this thing? Okay. Lift it up. Scroll up some. Uh, no. I guess so. uh, well, I guess I don't have any audio here, but whatever. Anyways, he uh, he says in his regular, normal Chris Pratt voice, it's a me, Mario. And like, it was like, and then he starts like, I'm just joking. That's not what I'm going to say, you know. Yeah, that's and, not what I'm going to say. That's what I'm like. not going to say. <laughs> he, said, he said that uh, he's, he's, working, he's working with the team to, to construct a voice to, to, that fits the tone. Mm. He's saying that he's going to change it up, but he's like, he didn't, re- he didn't reveal in this Instagram post. He, or Twitter post or whatever, he did not reveal what his voice will sound like. He's just saying, he's just reassuring everyone yeah. that it's going to be all right. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, that's that story. We'll go ahead and move on to the next story, which is about uh, Marvel is suing to, um, Marvel is suing to keep the rights of Avengers characters from copyright termination. So, what the fuck? Disney Marvel is suing to hold on to full control of Avengers characters, including Iron Man, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Falcon, Thor, and others. The complaints which The Hollywood Reporter has obtained come against the heirs of some of the late comics, uh, the late comic book geniuses, including Stan Lee, Steve uh, Ditko, and Gene Colan. So... Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, we all know who they are. Like they're like the creators mm. of the uh, the comic books. Uh, they invented characters like Spider-Man. Like mm. Stan Lee invented Spider-Man or whatever while working for Marvel. He was like the writer and he came up with these characters. You know, yeah. all these illustrations and the original stories. And so like they were like, I forgot what years they were they were uh, first hired on, but they are employees. They were employees of Marvel when they wrote these characters. So the suit seeks to declare. The declaratory relief that these blockbuster characters are ineligible for copyright termination as works made for hire. What? If Marvel loses, Disney would have to share ownership of characters worth billions. So, uh, yeah, basically, the estate of Steve Ditko, the estate of Stan Lee, their family, their families, like, you know, mm-hmm. they're saying that. There, there's a possibility that with with the current copyright laws, those characters' rights for like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange will revert to their estates, and but, they'll be the owners of the characters. But how though? Because because Disney bought the rights to them, so how do they just go back? Like what the hell? Like- so Marvel, okay, Disney bought Marvel, right? And Marvel owns the rights to Iron Man. However, Iron Man was created by let's just say Stan Lee. I'm not or Steve Ditko, whatever. As they're saying that the families, the surviving family members of their would get the rights to Iron Man because it reverts back to them after so many years. Oh, so it just goes to them after a certain amount of time? Yeah, with the, with the current copyright laws, since they are the creators uh, of that work, that character, that it's theirs, it's their property and not really Marvel's property to have anymore. Mm. So in August, the administrator of Ditko's estate filed a notice of termination on Spider-Man, which first appeared in the comic book form in, in 1962. Under the termination's provisions of copyright law, authors or the heirs can reclaim rights once granted to publishers after waiting a statutory set of period of time. The time has elapsed, or the time, mm. the time is about to elapse, I think, in 2023, starting in 2023. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it says right here, actually, yeah. According to the termination notice, Marvel's, well, Marvel would have to give up Ditko's rights to its iconic character in June 2023. Uh, Marvel is facing other termination notices. For example, Larry Lieber, who worked at Marvel as a writer, too, filed termination notices over creations in May. The heirs of the comic book creators 
are, re are being represented by Mark uh, Toberoff, who once famously represented Superman creators Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster in an unsuccessful termination attempt against DC. DC saved off termination by counterclaiming against Tober Toberoff and asserting uh, tortious interference on its of its rights. The publisher was represented by... Okay, let's just go ahead and keep it moving here. Uh, actually, there's really not much to say because the story is pretty much uh, explained as it is. Basically, in June of 2023, the rights to these characters are going to revert back to the original authors, not the company. The company Marvel was basically having the rights because they, they, they had these uh, authors as work for hire. They were their employees... But now, since the employees created that stuff under Marvel, it's just, it's been 50 years or 70 years or however many years it's been. Like, it just come right back. Yeah, that, I mean, uh, I, I hope Marvel wins this lawsuit. Really? Yeah. Because, like, first of all, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it doesn't make sense. Like, if you work for someone, you're doing all your work and efforts is for the company, right? Yes, right. So, like, if I work for you mm -hmm. and you say, uh, I need you to write something, right? Like, I'm writing for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not writing for myself. I'm writing. So Stan Lee and them, they made these characters for Marvel, though. It's not like Stan Lee on his own made a character and it's like no connections to Marvel DC is his. And then maybe he sell it or something and then he getting it back. It's more like I made these characters for these characters and then Disney buy Marvel and then it's like, oh, yep, well, you got to lose it because uh, they created the characters. To me, that just don't seem fair. Like, I know from it sounds like, oh, okay, uh, you know, you're cutting the, the creators of it off, the original creators, yeah. they're cutting off. Well, business don't work like that. Like... You don't just get to, like, because Marvel didn't steal the character. They paid for him. You yes. see what I'm saying? That, like, Disney paid for Marvel. You know what I mean? And so, and Marvel paid Stan Lee and uh, Ditko to write these characters. You see yes. what I'm saying? But so, pennies on the dollar, because let me, let's, let's be real here. They never saw, like, any residuals for movies or for video games or for TV shows or cartoons. Like, they got paid to write the comic book. Mm. At one time, yes, yeah. and they were pretty much being underpaid for what they were doing. But they basically created the characters, and they just were like they were their employees, yes, yeah. But basically, under copyright laws, like let's say I am a publishing house, mm. and you are my employee, and yeah. you decide to write Ninja Pimp, or yeah, whatever, like yeah. just making up something, right? I was like, you're you created Ninja Pimp, and then Ninja Pimp goes on to be very successful for me, and like 50, 60 years, or however, however long the the copyright laws are currently in effect, mm -hmm. after that amount of time. Even though you made that character under my company, my company cannot own that character forever. You're the original creator. You're the author yeah. of that character. So yeah. it reverts back to you. Yeah. So that's how, yeah. Yeah, I still dis I still feel like Marvel shit. Because, okay, for a couple of reasons. Number one, based off what you just said, like, when these characters was first created, like, m comic books was nothing. Yeah. So how could they ask for a lot of anything? Yeah. Comic books were nothing. They, they were made, being sold for like ten cents or whatever. Right, yeah. they're the reasons why these characters are so fantastic in the first place because they did such a good job. Yeah. But also one thing you got to remember though, they wrote for the. They didn't like Stanley didn't make Spider Man at one comic and then that was it. And it was he wrote for years and years and years, you know. And as the characters got more popular, he was still writing and. Uh, and making up new characters and stuff. So, yeah. he, you know, he's responsible for 
years of decades of comics and decades and stuff. Like, I don't feel like he only got paid for when he first wrote Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, what about the hundreds of years he wrote for Spider-Man and, and uh, the hundreds of years he wrote for, I'm saying hundreds, but not hundreds. The, the, the tens of years. The, the decades, tens of years. The decades yeah, he's wrote. Yeah, yeah. And, and him making up X-Men and then him, like, by the time he made uh, some more characters, you know, comic books was more popular. So, I, I don't feel like he didn't get his just due. And, you know, in terms of not getting it for movies and things like that you know he you know he did it and and that that's true but movies is a as a whole nother you know it's a whole nother business you know what i'm saying and they paid for that you know what i mean so it wasn't as if it was a situation where they stole it or whatever the case borrowed it they paid to do it you know and now they're they movies has made it way big bigger than it's ever been you know so i i understand the 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 typical way to look at it is people are gonna say like well they're the ones that made it so yes they should eat off of it but it's like business don't work like that you know what i mean that's just not how business works you know what i mean if you make something and you sell it to me, it's like that was the business. You know what I'm saying? You sold it, and it's not yours no more. You can't say, yeah. "I made something, I sold it to you, but I need, I need my, I need it back." You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's this. not so much that, but like, they, yeah, it's basically Disney's are gonna make the legal argument that they made it uh, while working for pay. They're work for hire, like they were employees. So when anything you create while working for me is not yours. That, and that's, that's basically, basically what I was. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. That's yep. what they're gonna argue. Yep. And I, I kind of sort of a fifty-fifty on it because my personal opinion is, on the one hand, I don't want uh, uh, Spider-Man or Iron Man or any characters to be under legal. Uh, what do you call it? Like legal scrutiny. Legal, yeah. I don't want. I don't want some kind of rights ownership where a movie can't be made or they can't be in the Avengers because yeah. we don't own the rights. Yeah. I hate the fact that Hulk can't get a solo movie because Universal has the has rights some to, of the, the rights to the movie. The publishing you know? rights. Yeah. yeah. So like that kind of shit. Like that is like the one thing I don't want. So as a fan, I don't want that. But like as a as a person, I kind of want them to eat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want them to be do right by them, but I'm on the on the on the realistic side of my expectations. I think Disney is going to win because if there's anything that Disney is known for, is Disney is known for rewriting copyright laws to to suit them. Yeah, and they've yeah, done it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Yeah. The reason why Disney still owns the Mickey Mouse, the reason why Mickey Mouse is not part of the public domain, is because Disney kept on rewriting the copyright laws under with Congress. They were lobbying. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like it used to be like after so much amount. Years have elapsed. Uh, an, an intellectual property goes into the public domain. A work goes into public domain, mm -hmm. and they were like they they kept on rewriting the number of years. Now it's a hundred years. Now it's hundred and twenty years. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they kept on pushing yeah, and pushing. Yeah, yeah. And so this is not. This will be like another legal cakewalk for them. Yeah, I, I mean, and, you, and and listen, all, the the person that always had the most money got the biggest edge. You know. <laughs> Disney being billionaires, they could, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going up against a giant monster, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I hope Disney wins on this one. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I'm 50 50 on it, but now you know where I stand. Like, I. Like the heart side of me says, yeah, fuck, fuck Disney, and but like the fan is like, no, fuck you guys, you gotta let Disney <laughs> do whatever they want with these characters because <laughs> they doing right by them, you know that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and, and move on. Uh, by the way, I'm just surprised that uh, Troy never heard about that that uh, that uh, story. It was just like that was a big story that was trending. Yeah, that one, that one. Uh Flew by my mind. I didn't know nothing about that one. So let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Uh, this one's also from the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, change that is long overdue. Why the IATSE may call for a strike. 
So workers in the 150,000 member Hollywood Craft Crafts Union are frustrated with low pay and marathon workdays that are no longer viewed, viewed as a badge of honor while asking for stricter penalties for missed meal breaks and greater compensation for streaming projects. So IATSE, or let me, I'm going to go with IATSE because I don't even know what's, uh, how to pronounce that. I don't even know if they, if they just go with IATSE, but uh, just to make it easier for me, I'm just going to say IATSE. On September, 20, uh, on September 18th, an industry power brokers were getting ready for the Primetime Emmy Awards telecast. An estimated 2,800 crafts workers in the local 700, which represented Hollywood editors, participated in a roughly four-hour remote call to discuss options if the Umbrella Union, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, were to call uh, on tens of thousands of its 150 members, 150,000 members to strike. At least one other local held a similar call over the awards weekend. IATSE, which represents a crew members including grips, cinematographers, editors, costumers, hairstylists, and more, informed on September 20th that it would hold a nationwide strike authorization vote. No date was disclosed amid increasingly strained contract negotiations with producers. 13 West Coast locals have been negotiating their next three-year film and television contracts with the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers, or AMPTP, which uh, is in, is in stops and starts for, for months after producers declined to respond to their late, latest proposal. Union leaders led by IATSE President Matthew Loeb uh, promised to push for change that is long overdue in this industry. And uh, the AMPTP countered that it has presented a comprehensive proposal that union uh, that the union walked away from. IATSE is currently in negotiating, uh, in negotiating its theatrical and television motion pictures air, area standard agreements. Oh my God, this is a lot of legal mumbo jumbo. But I'm gonna go ahead and TLDR this hoe. I'm gonna tell you this right now. IATSE, they obviously, as I stated, they are, they have a, they're a union. They have uh, editors, they have cinematographers, they have hairstylists, they have costumers in their in their membership. Mm. So they are trying to negotiate for better uh, working conditions and better pay. Because in case you don't know this, a lot of Hollywood produced uh, stuff, whether it be TV or movies, they have like 18 hour work days. Yep, yeah, yeah. Long days, just grueling yeah. hours. It's crunch yeah. all the time. Uh-huh. So they are saying, fuck that. We need a better work-life balance. You know, let me get, let me have a, you know, time to sleep. You know, like they're saying, like we need like either a shorter work days or or higher and higher pay or both. Mm -hmm. You know, like that kind of yeah. stuff. So they are basically there was a situation, and I don't know where if it was uh, mentioned in this article uh, specifically, <clears throat> but there was a situation where the president, his name was Matthew Loeb, as I said in the in the in this article, Matthew Loeb, the president of IATSE, he was given uh, authorization to vote for a strike. So it's not that he's not saying that I'm going to call a strike. He got permission from his, the people, his constituents to have the power to call for a strike. Mm. So basically a, a strike isn't, it's only going to be used because negotiations have failed. Mm. Our demands weren't met. Yeah. We're not happy with these terms. Mm. So a strike is going to happen. And if a strike were to happen, it would literally shut down every production, like from Hollywood and like TV mm. shows, movies, everything. Yeah. Like it would basically force everything to stop. Mm. We talked, we had a writer strike happen about, I don't know, 13 years ago, back in 08. Mm. When the writer strike happened, it affected so many productions. All mm. these shows got their, their, um, what do you call it? They got their seasons cut short mm -hmm. and kneecapped. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure the, the writer strikes had like this long lasting impact on Hollywood, maybe even to this day for all I know. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about this news about a, a strike possibly happening of this kind of 
magnitude, and do you uh, agree with it? Uh, I hope they get their money. Yeah, I agree with it. Um, because and 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 listen, it's a it's such a it's such a privilege for all these you know artists to to get the jobs they have. So I'm not saying. Oh, boo-hoo, you know what I'm saying? Worries me. You're a cinematographer for a living, you know what I mean? You get to do hair and makeup for a living. Wow, boo-hoo. But the reason why I hope they, you know, they succeed is because, you know, actors, they also work 18 hours. Mm -hmm. You know, directors also work 18 hours nights and days. But guess what? They getting ten million and five million dollars a movie. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and it's funny because if you listen to any director, any producer, anyone talk about their movie, they talk about how important the 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 make hair and makeup yeah. artist is, how good, the, how important the costume designer is. There's so much like uh, what do you call it when they do the the, the Oscar nominees and stuff like. Yeah. The work is so crucial. So it's like, so yeah, crucial. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. important. Well, if it's so damn important, pay them like you pay an actor. And listen, here's the thing. I'm not saying pay them like you pay an actor, but pay them something more than what they're getting paid. Yeah. If there's actors out there that can star in a movie for ten million dollars uh, just to act. You know what I'm saying? Then get this person that's very important that do the hair and makeup every day, or get this person that does, you know, the lighting every day. You know, pay them well as well, especially because they got to do the same 18 hours as that actor or that director or whatever the case. Or like they were saying, short their days. You know, yeah. but it's not right for the, you to say, "Hey, come work just as hard as me, but don't get nowhere near the money I make." You know, yeah. that's very that's wrong. So. I understand that, and and really, you know, if you think about it, a lot of the bulk of the hard work, it's actor, crew. Uh, it's the crew. Is the crew. Yeah. The, the the actors got the easiest job. They go out there and act, but the crew got to set up everything. They got to do the hair and makeup at a certain time. They got to, you know, operate make, the equipment. They got to get the equipment the, right. The, all the tripods and all tripods and like tripods, what? the they, setups, the tents. The they have to do all of this stuff. So if they're gonna have to work this hard. For the same same type of hours that a lot of these you know producers and directors and actors and stuff like that, then pay them more. You know, pay them more. So I don't, I ain't gonna say how much they should get paid because I don't know. I'm not gonna act like I know. But if they feel like they need more or they feel like they need less hours, do what do they it. do. What they whatever they feel like they need because they work just as hard as anyone else. So I got extra articles here. I'm not gonna read the articles by the way because there has been like I found like five six articles on this IATSE situation and I couldn't pick from. So I actually just pulled up on the dock and so um, I went ahead and just I want to read you guys some a couple of things here. IATSE members they, they brace for a possible strike and it, there's a quote in this headline that says there's no logical reason for uh, to work crews to death. So and then there's this other article that's also from Variety. Uh, that says here, uh, film crews have worked 14-hour days or longer for generations. For many workers, those hours have been a badge of honor, proof of superior stamina and commitment to the craft. But that attitude has shifted significantly in recent years. Quote, the culture of the entire country is changing in terms of work-life balance. Uh, says John Lind, uh, Lindley, the president of the Cinematographers Guild. Uh, people realize that lives are as important to them as their work. So it's an ongoing problem, and it's not really been addressed. Uh, Lindley told a Variety, and uh, it says here, people got used to these insane hours, and they got used to those paychecks. 
Quality of life is something you think about when you're older. And when you've gotten divorced and you don't know your kids. Oh, when you've gotten divorced and you don't know your kids. That's fucked up. That's crazy. Uh, he says that the union didn't prioritize the issue because major concerns at the time was runaway production. Labor leaders worried that restricting schedules would give productions one more excuse to flee to Canada or Europe, he explains. So yeah, that's actually an interesting uh, thought process because if our labor laws change here in the U.S., you know, productions are going to go to like New Zealand. They're going to mm. go to Europe. They're going to go yeah, to wherever. Yeah, yeah. So that would be, that's just another thing to think about. It's like... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of the reason why like Apple doesn't uh, manufacture iPhones here in the U.S. is because of labor laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, China they work their Chinese labor to death, basically. You know, mm-hmm. like if you know about the iPhone production yeah. situation. Yeah. But like that's an interesting thing to think about. It's like, yeah, that's a it is a it is a situation where yeah, let get yeah pay them more, but also um, it would be at the cost of jobs because producers would would find a way to make these productions cheaper. Yeah, and the thing is, and what's so frustrating about this is like these strikes are the very last option for them. It's like, well, we, we've tried to negotiate and this is our last thing. This is our last hope of trying to get a change. And it should never come to that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, Hollywood shouldn't be so greedy. You know what I mean? Like, if if people are saying that they need raises or they need some kind of time short, don't treat them like, oh, no, you don't. And keep it. They shouldn't have to go on a strike. For all of Hollywood. <laughs> to just, hear, to be heard. To yeah. be heard, yeah. yes. Like, just help them. Just do, do, you know, go above and beyond. You know, it's funny how people can be so fake in these award shows, like you mentioned, <laughs> or or in interviews. They talk about how, oh, man, how... Thank how you much, to the cast and crew. Well, thank you for the crew yeah. and all this. But then when they need some money, it's like, yeah, fuck y'all. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, come on, man. Thank you to my team. You know, yeah, they shouldn't have to do all this, you it's, know? So I'm going to go ahead and continue because this article actually is really interesting. It says, the irony is that in most countries, they won't tolerate these work hours, he says. That is interesting to think about. Yeah, labor laws. Uh, For many, the pandemic brought a fresh perspective and new urgency to this issue. Production was shut down for months, and when it returned, the unions pushed a 10-hour workday, previously unheard of, to protect crews' immune systems. That didn't last long, but it suggested that the real change was possible. If COVID has taught us something, is that we need to pause and rethink how we're doing a lot of things, says Katie Sponseller, a production coordinator. It doesn't have to be this way. Much of the energy behind this, uh, the issue has come from younger workers who are less inclined to see arduous or abusive conditions as a necessary rite of passage. Quote, that's how people are weeded out, Spawn Seller says. Quote, we're asking for who can mentally put themselves through a certain amount of torture for however long. Damn. Anyways, I'm going to leave the article there. I'll put the links uh, to these articles in the show notes as well. Uh, this is an interesting issue that is very complicated. And if there is a strike, we will report on it. And if there is a strike, prepare to see a lot more reality <clears throat> shows because those don't require as much. Uh, production value mm. like you can just put yeah. like a camera in a house and call yeah. it the real world yeah you know yeah. what i mean pretty much yeah. uh, <laughs> for sure um but yeah so that's what happened in the the first the writer strike is like there was no writer so you, more reality shows so just, just kind of went booming, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh so yeah that's um that's that article so we'll go ahead and keep it moving on to the next one it says here disney ceo he says in his quote talent deals are under undergoing a reset after Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit. Ah, Bob Chapek, man, you can't, you don't know when to shut the fuck up. I'm Bob Chapek t- is an idiot. Like, <laughs> we just got to go ahead and call it how we see it. He's an idiot. If, if he really said that, that's just dumb. All right. Is, it's an admission of, is, it a, is it an admission of guilt? 
To say that, yeah, like, yeah. cause why do you need to change something if if you if you didn't do Scarlett Johansson wrong, then what you need to change? Like, all right, goofball. Like, all right, here we go. There's a bit of a reset that's going on right now, and ultimately we'll think about that as we do our future ta- future talent deals. Bob Chapek said at an investor conference. Uh, in light of the ongoing legal, legal battle between Black Widow star Scarlett Johansson and Disney, uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek said that the standards for talent deals are undergoing a reset, and future agreements will need to be will need to take into account the changes the changes to movie release windows accelerated by the pandemic. Speaking to Goldman Sachs uh, on Tuesday, Chapek did not explicitly mention Johansson or her lawsuit, but referred to deals. Uh, cut three or four years ago on films made during that time that got launched during the middle of the pandemic. Quote, we've got a deal that's conceived under a certain set of conditions that actually results in a movie that's being released in a completely different set. So there's a bit of a reset that's going on right now. And ultimately, we'll think about that as we do future talent deals and plan for that and make sure that that's incorporated, Chapek said. But right now we're sort of in the middle of a uh, we're sort of in this middle position where we're trying to do right by the talent. I think the talent's trying to do right by us, and we're just sort of figuring out how to bridge the gap. So Johansson's uh, lawsuit first filed in late July alleged that Disney breached her contract when it released Black Widow on Disney Plus, thereby impacting their agreement for the film to have a theatrical releases and diminishing the actress's box office based compensation. Disney has countered that it would fulfilled that it fulfilled its theatrical obligation by releasing Black Widow on 9,000 screens in the U.S. and has said that the film outgrossed their other Marvel movies. So, anyways, basically, Bob Chapek just said that we need to rewrite our contracts. Mm-hmm. Like that's like he said that we wrote these contracts with a certain set of uh, cer- uh, certain set of circumstances, but now when it came to release time, those circumstances have changed. That's not Scarlett Johansson's problem. <laughs> Well, see, like, and and here's the thing, like, I wouldn't have a problem with that quote if he paid Scarlett Johansson already, (laughs) because here's the thing, like, Scarlett Johansson deal is atrocious, you know, like, like, a lot of people forget about that, like, she is definitely getting overpaid, you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, that, that is one thing that is true, but at the end of the day, like, I just talked about Marvel with the, with the, uh, with the rights thing to the characters, it's like business is business. A deal is a deal. Scarlett Johansson, you get when you negotiate. Yeah. She's getting way overpaid. You know what I'm saying? She should not be getting that much money. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she already got $20 million and, and even if they only give her $50 million, that's $70 million. That's a whole production budget for a film. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I'm sure they wanted more than that. I think they uh, said something like $100 million or some yeah. shit. So, don't get me wrong. She's way overpaid, but that's what's in her contract contract so if you paid her whatever she get paid and then say look we got fucked over because we paid one actor 70 million or 100 million dollars we need to going forward need to change this blah 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 but you can't on one hand say oh we're not paying you but then on the other hand say oh we need to change because now you're admitting you're guilty by not paying her you see what yeah. I'm saying? So like you can't you can't have it both ways. You gotta either pay this girl the money that she's way overly getting paid for, like way overpaid. But at the end of the day, y'all made that fucking contract with her, which was ridiculous. But y'all made that contract with her, 
it pay her and then come back and say, look, we need to change this shit. We can't have be paying actors that much money. Even I don't care if they produce it. I don't care what they don't need 70 million for one film. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So then I would have been cool with it. But to try to not pay this woman what she, you know, negotiated, but then come out and make a statement like this. You're kicking yourself in your own ass and you look ridiculous. Yeah, Bob Chapek, man. Bob Chapek, Bob Chapek is gonna Bob Chapek at this point, and it is kind of seems like a an interesting like thing to like consider that he could. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking to tell you the truth about how I don't was, know either how he was gonna how was how else was this gonna be construed? Is he just trying to say, oh yeah, well we need to take this we need to take streaming into consideration, so we need to rewrite everyone's contracts. I mean, no <laughs> shit, you do. Yeah, but no you shit. All, but also, you're you're literally talking about. This during a time when your contracts are in dispute. Well, yeah, and like, <laughs> so why like, even talk about it now? Like, I could see you telling that to your board or something like it privately, but why would you come out and say this during, like, a, oh during a public, God. a public Bro, investor call? This dude, it, it it just it it trips me out how stupid he is. Like Jesus Christ, man! Uh. <laughs> what an idiot. So yeah, we had four juicy ass news stories that we covered there, and that's. Uh, uh, we have. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to the extra news. And with the extra news, one of these admittedly could have been uh, top news, but there was just too much news to, yeah. for it to make it the cut. So extra news. There are eight items on the list. Number one: Star Wars uh, Andor wraps shooting and will be the longest season and the longest season of any Star Wars show. Number two: The Boys R-rated spinoff series gets the official green light. Number three, the first image of the Last of Us HBO series has been released. And if you are a, yeah, a YouTube video uh, uh, watcher, I will go ahead and put the, the image up on screen for you guys to see it. But real talk, this kind of does look like Joel and Ellie, like straight up. This is look like this that almost looks, looks like right a, out of the game. This looks like a still from the game, straight up. Yeah. But now we got to see it. All right, we'll go ahead and move on. Number four, Fantastic Beast Three is titled Fantastic Beasts. And The Secrets of Dumbledore and has a release date of April 15th, 2022. Number five, Fast and Furious 10 and 11. Ah, Fast and Furious 10 and 11 is one story broken up into two parts. Oh, God. They're doing, this is not a novel where they can like, take the last book of the novel and break it into two, but that's what they're doing. So at least Justin Lin is directing them. Yeah, but then he just directed his last, last one. Night. It don't fucking matter. That <laughs> shit was the worst movie in the whole franchise. Like, Number six, Daniel Craig thinks that Bond should not be played by a woman. Are we not going to cancel him? (laughs) (laughs) Number seven, Johnny Depp addresses cancel culture, said, quote, no one is safe, not one of you. And number eight, box office report. This is a long one. Shang-Chi stayed at number one for a fourth week in a row and it surpassed Black Widow, making it the highest grossing film at the domestic box office. And it ties with Black Panther and Guardians of the Galaxy by being number one at the box office for four weekends in a row. Also, Dear Evan Hansen opened at number two for, with $7.4 million. So, Troy, what do you want to react to? Uh, first, I'm gonna start off with I'm so glad Star Wars and indoor rap shooting. Like, I felt like they've been shooting for like two years. Like, <laughs> that show, golly, man, that that show ain't never gonna come out. But I'm that's one I'm excited for. I can't wait. You Rogue know? One is it, 
Rogue One was good, but does Cassian Andor need a show though? No, I, I, I listen. I 100% agree with that because <laughs> when this first was announced, I didn't, I didn't like the idea at all. You know what I mean? Like I want like new shows with new characters, and I don't like these spinoff shows. The only reason I got excited about it is when they did this little behind-the-scenes featurette thing, and it really like bringing spy espionage to Star Wars. And me being like a big fan of James Bond and these kind of characters that's like these, you know, spy, I'm really into that spy thriller shit, you know? And the way they kind of making it like this spy espionage type show, you know what I'm saying? Where it's about secrets and hidden, you know, things like that. I just like the idea of that for Star Wars. You know, I didn't necessarily need it to be Cassian and Endor, but I ain't gonna lie, I'm just excited about the concept of it. Yeah. And so uh for and for right now we ain't got a lot of shows, so you know, I'm just desperate for Star Wars, even though this shit ain't gonna come out for a long time. It's coming out next year. It says it's gonna be twelve episodes. Yeah, so, so hopefully, hopefully early next year, but at the very least late late next year. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited as hell for that. It's probably gonna be late next year if they just now got done filming. I mean, uh, uh yeah, yeah filming. filming. And then on top of that, I look at kind of how they dropping these shows. They dropping them all at the end of the year. Like yeah. You know, uh, Mandalorian all came out both seasons December, December, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking that uh, the Book of Boba Fett this year is coming out December, December. So I'm sure this is gonna be for December 2022. So yeah, that's my thoughts on that one. All I know is if they're gonna do a Cassian Endor series, if he's gonna be like you know doing like a Rebels type series, like the Rebellion, mm-hmm. I want to see him get his hands dirty. I want to see like a dirty, grimy, him like kill one of his yeah, friends or, or something. Some yeah, like, I want some shit like that. I want yeah. it because like he was already like gray already, like already, in the, yeah. in the movie. And I just want to see like a, see more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I want to see too. All right, we'll go ahead and let's see here. What else? Uh, let's see. There's the... and I, and I also want to talk about uh, you know Daniel Craig said uh, he thinks Bond shouldn't be played by a woman. I 100% agree. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with him. Like Bond has never been a woman, and and the reality is like there's certain characteristics about the character being a male that it he needs to be a male to to pull it off. Like him being like this womanizer, like. It, I just don't think that works for a woman being a manonizer. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that was actually going to be what I was going to say is like you know like like when James Bond just seduces all these women during his yeah. missions every every movie a different chick. Yeah. Like it, I don't think it works uh, whenever it's a woman doing that to a, to, a, to a, multiple men. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it sexes both ways. Both ways. So yeah. either. Either you're true to the source material and she's fucking dudes and then that's insulting. Yeah, to right. Her. It's gonna make it like, oh, she's a whore to get yeah. out what she wants yeah. for all these guys. Yeah. yeah. And then if she and if it did not do it, you're just gonna be like, Well, what the fuck are you doing? What's this, what are we doing? like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are we trying to sanitize everything? You know right. I mean? So yeah. it's like so, you can't win. Yeah, yeah. And, and but and my thing is this, like, look, uh it's a lot of badass you could make a badass woman. You know, like, lead there character. Was a, there was a movie called Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow. Yeah. Uh, you had Atomic Blonde. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie out right now with the Samuel Jackson in oh, it. Oh, uh, Protégé. Protégé, yeah. Like, so women, like, I'm not saying you can see this. Women, is, women can be spies. Spies and badasses, but, but not they don't Bond. Need to be, yeah. They don't need to be Bond. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is her name going to be? Jesse Bond? Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, so, it, it, you know, uh, we live in Jeanette this. Bond. Yeah. Jeanette, Jeanette Bond. Jeanette Bond. Yeah, we live in such this cancel culture 
such a world that it wouldn't surprise me if he already apologized because he thinks he's going to get canceled, you know? But, like, no, that's real. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bond should never be a woman. And if they do make Bond a woman, I'm never going to watch those versions. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got to say on that one. The, the, Daniel Craig has, uh, has said that he does not believe James Bond should be played by a woman. The debate over representation and the future recasting of the spy character has rumbled on for years, with some f- uh, fans suggesting a woman could overtake the uh, take over the iconic role. However, the idea has sparked a backlash from critics who uh, either say it would be it would do the character a disservice, or that it would be there are better ways of improving representation on screen. So, in a rate in a Radio Times interview, uh, Craig offered his opinion, and he says there should simply be better parts for women and actors of color. Yeah, that's his. That's his take. A- absolutely. You yeah. Know what Just I'm make saying? it make like, a character for them. Yeah, and, yeah. and they they do the same thing. And I'm glad he said that because they do the same thing with with black with uh, black like, Bond. Yeah, they oh, all, Idris Elba. Ooh, no, <laughs> but no. What I'm saying about that uh, is they always try to turn characters black. Oh right. And it's right, like right. just make a new new characters that are naturally black. Superman. Black. Fuck yeah. yeah. But no. But yeah, they want to make Superman black. I just seen a cartoon where Jimmy Olsen is black, and in this new Superman animated series, Perry White. Black. Yeah, Perry White. It's like stop turning characters black and just make new characters that are black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to me, it's like it's reverse race. It's almost racism in that way. It's like oh, we got we need characters that's already you know famous or known to be turned black instead of creating new characters that can be black. So you know they do the same thing with black people and they do the same thing with women. Like oh, let's turn this person black. They gender, they gender swap. All gender the time. swap. Like I like, hate uh, that man. Like uh, uh, not they they both gender swap and race swap for uh we talked about it on this very show or on the podcast uh dr strange uh the the um, and the ancient one oh yeah the ancient one yeah it's <laughs> Tilda like Swinton. oh i hate that i had Tilda swinton it's like it's one of these things that is is getting out of hand man and i'm starting to get annoyed by it like stop turning people women because we need more uh representation women, representation right, yeah. no just make uh new women badass characters give me a more atomic blonde even though i didn't like that movie but give me just badass women characters we don't need bond to be a woman, uh, a to woman. be validated. Yeah, that's actually need... what it is. It's like a stamp of approval. Yeah, after you know, they're gonna be like, "No, we need Superman as a woman, superwoman." Superwoman. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. So yeah, like, that fuck Supergirl. Like, and uh, the last one I was gonna address was uh, Johnny Depp, and he, well, he says, "Cancel culture. No one is safe. Not not one of you." I agree with him. You know what I mean? I definitely agree with him. I hate cancel culture, but here's the thing that pe- a lot of people forget: like the way people been getting canceled, like. Anybody can get canceled at this point. And no questions are asked. And there's no question to ask. So your favorite actor, if it's Leonardo DiCaprio, who knows if a woman comes up and says, he used to, you know, he used to be a player towards me or something like that. <laughs> nope, I guess we ain't getting Leo. Like, it's it, it's so bad that, you know, it, it can happen to anyone. So if, if you're judging, if you're out there judging, like, he deserved it or blah, blah, blah. Well, just know that you could be next. You know what I'm saying? Because it don't take much. It could be a tweet you tweeted while you were drunk and you don't even remember the fucking tweet and someone pull it back up and now you can't host the Oscars or, no, or yeah. some goofy talk to act. Kevin Hart yeah know? right and so, Kevin Hart is vanilla as fuck yeah know? so you know I mean so like I disagree with that man I hate cancel culture he's dealing with being canceled right now I don't know if he's innocent or guilty but it, that's the reality of Hollywood in this generation so yeah also I just want to say like as far as the box office goes uh, the uh, current chart right now has uh, uh, Shang-Chi 4 million away 
from being two hundred million dollars. So that's going to be the first film in the post-pandemic era to hit two hundred two hundo. And guess what? It was exclusive to theaters. And then <laughs> for on forty-five top days that, at and, that. And, you know? and, and and here's the thing, though. Like, not only was it exclusive, they chose a great window. Like, like what? There's nothing really been out that can even. Compete. Remote, compete with it. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing where you like, uh oh, you know, it's just a bunch of lower movies with different di- it was demographics. The, it was literally like the last movie of the summer. It was Labor Day weekend. Right? Labor Day weekend. All so, of September is kind of wack. Yeah, so it just drifted. And it's also proven for the people that don't like the whole 45 days that no, like, movies can get money. You know what I'm saying? Like, 45 days is more than enough for movies to be in box office and you to see it multiple times. You know what I'm saying? I know someone that's seen Chang Chi three times. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I've, you don't need the long extended, even though I prefer it. You know what's kind of interesting is on Disney Plus, if you look at Disney Plus right now, you know how they have the banner, the featured banners, where yeah. like you have visions and mm-hmm. all that stuff? I, if you scroll over, you'll see that Shang-Chi is already there. But it's got a November day. It's like yeah. going to come on November well, comes, 19th yeah. or whatever the fuck it was. And I'm like, I was a little mad about that because I was expecting it to come at 45 days. But no, they're not. Yeah, they're gonna they're do. They're gonna do forty five days, and then they're gonna go on iTunes, and, oh, okay. and then they're gonna sell. I mean, and, and, and the thing, then blue. And, and, yeah. and uh, I mean, that's kind of smart because it's almost like what movies used to do with Blu rays, yeah. where like it'd be a time where you can't even see that bitch because it's like in between, it's out yeah. of theaters, and it ain't on Blu ray yet. Yeah. But it makes you kind of fiend for it more a little bit. Like, damn, second this drop, I'm picking it up. So that might could create a little buzz for for when it does. So it can drop. come. It can make. It can chart on iTunes. It can chart on Amazon. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then make Blu ray sales Blue and Ray. then in november after yeah. those sales have died yeah disney plus disney plus yeah, which is I like think. not what i was expecting i was expecting yeah. disney plus at the right. just at the a, day a, of, 40 yeah. day 46 yeah i'm disney. glad they didn't do it like that though that's that was really <laughs> smart you know what i'm saying <laughs> so anyways um i think that that's it i don't really want to react to anything besides uh i just want to say like it's ridiculous i mean I knew about the Fast and 10 and 11. I think this is just more of an official thing, but like, I like how they decided to like make it Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Deathly Hallows Part 2 out of this. Oh, so. hell no. <laughs> I hate this idea. Listen, the main reason why I hate this idea because most movies that do that is because the book money. is too long. But oh, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, for the money, but the book is too long. It's too much of a scope to tell in one movie. Yeah. But... The Fast and Furious movies, not a book. <laughs> they be razor thin. The the script be the story be razor thin, and the, there's no and it's not based on any book. So you're doing it strictly for money. Like oh, this, this let make we instead of us making this, we can make this. Like it ain't like a Lord of the Rings situation where they shoot it two films or like uh, one of the Harry Potter books or Hobbits or it's not like that. It's just like for absolutely no reason. The the stories, e- even the great, even the good Fast and Furious movies. It wasn't about the, the story. story. Yeah. yeah. So what story is so big that you need to co- cut a Fast and Furious movie into two halves? It's just strictly because of money. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to tell you this right now. The only way that this is going to work is if, like, Fast and Furious 10 is like Empire Strikes Back and it leaves on a cliffhanger. It yeah. has to be, like, this kind of yeah. thing. Oh, like, yeah. That, that's probably what they're going to go need, for. They need to lose. They, yeah. They, they need to lose. They, yeah. That's probably what they're going to go for, you know, or that or... Like at the end, they just hit the moon, and now they're like, "Oh shit, what's in here? Aliens!" And then it's <laughs> over. Like, you know, like uh, that's the only thing I can see happening. Like, really. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and move on to check this out. Check this out. So for Check This Out, we have eight trailers, but we're not actually going to watch all of them because I actually kind of want to speed run through Check This Out. Not because 
Uh, well, actually, mostly because I don't really don't like, I'm not really feeling any of these trailers. So we'll sort of just talk about them, and then we'll cut them off, and then we'll move on to the next so, one. So when you don't like them, we speed run them. If you like them, we'll be <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> no, you know what? There is one trailer that I liked, and I was surprised, completely surprised by it. All right, first up, The Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne. And this is a uh, uh, an Amazon Prime video or Amazon Prime movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch. He has been making movies like all year long. No, he got he was a lot. In, he was in like a movie in January, like with the where he was like the the, the, the spy. Yeah, that one. Yeah. He was now he's got a western coming out on Netflix. Oh yeah. He's got this movie and another one like that's that's Spider Man. Like, and Spider Man. Like what the fuck? Man, he booming boy. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is in like goddamn everything. Like that's five movies. Like I, he's he like year. shit. I need some money. I need this money right now. <laughs> shit. So and what's really interesting about this movie is that it's shot with a four by three aspect ratio, which yep, is that's like that's that Justice League kind of aspect <laughs> ratio. Yeah, yeah, that's the Justice why, League. Why? Why is this coming back? I don't need this in my life. When I'm on a TV, it's gonna be widescreen and yeah, whatever. So yeah, uh, it says the synopsis reads: The Electrical Life of Lewis Wayne is based on a true story following eccentric British artist Lewis Wayne, whose interesting works helped him transform the public the public's perception of cats forever. And uh, it's gonna. It takes place in the late 1800s to the 1930s, and it's on Amazon Prime, and it comes out on November 5th on Prime, but like late October in theaters, in limited theaters. So yeah, it's uh, it's a, a very quirky looking movie, you know. And he's a painter. It does nothing for me, um, but I do will say like the release window makes me feel like they got a shot at uh, some Oscars. Yeah. Like, to release it in that, in that you know, uh, October. October. And, yeah. So that kind of gives me faith that it might be good. It don't look bad. It just, I don't know. You know, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, but, no, this doesn't do anything for me either, but it definitely, like, is very style. Like, I see a lot of style in this. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with the costuming and the painting and stuff yeah, like that. So. Yeah, so it wouldn't be surprising if this was a really damn good movie to me. Yeah, yeah, for for sure, for sure. Like I'm I'm probably not going to watch it, but if I hear good things, maybe I'll check it out, but it just this trailer wasn't really capturing my attention at all. So next up is Licorice Pizza. This is the the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, I believe is that is that his name? Yeah, Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, Licorice Pizza, Licorice Ah, Licorice Pizza follows the story of Gary Valentine and Alana Kane while they are growing up, running around, and falling in love in San Fernandan, San Fernando Valley. Written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson and set in 1973, Licorice Pizza shows us how treacherous the journey of first love can be. Now, have you seen this trailer already? Yeah. What did you think? I loved it. Interesting. Okay. I, the reason why I loved it is because... The 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 story doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really seem like it does much, but I'm very interested in the story, and it's it's a story that only Paul Thomas Anderson would tell, because Paul Thomas Anderson is a very daring and controversial type director. He'll do shit, and it seems like I'm not really certain, but it seems like this movie is about a kid actor that and he starts liking a older lady like mm -hmm. she's like i don't think she's a kid i think she's grown and i think the older lady starts to like the kid mm. and which is that's and like you can't do that like she's too she's too old like she yeah. can't be with her so and you know these kind of stories you see on the news a lot like oh uh kids caught having sex with the teacher or yeah. something like that and then you go to jail so like it seems like a controversial story about like an older lady that ends up liking a young, a boy that's too young you know what i'm saying and he's like a kid actor or something like that 
And, uh, it, it, but it, it just seems like an interesting story to me. So, like, the trailer as a whole didn't look amazing, yeah. but yeah. the story that's being told here is what's great. And the fact that it's Paul Thomas Anderson, one of the great American film directors of our time, yeah. it, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, and by the way, I read somewhere that Bradley Cooper is playing a real producer. The producer, he's a producer that, uh, in real life. In real life. Oh. And he he produced Batman, uh, Batman Michael Keaton's Batman. And okay. he produced, uh, he was also a producer. Um, I, I talked about a movie called uh, The Death of Superman Lives, What, what Happens. Happened? Okay. And he's he was a very controversial producer in that and why that movie didn't get made. And so he's a very interesting guy because he's like, he was a hairdresser and he became a big shot producer out of nowhere and doesn't know shit about movies. But he tried to tell people what to do, and he's a big reason why the death of Superman was kind of a thing. So if you want to know who the guy Bradley Cooper is, watch that, and you'll see that like he's a weirdo. So, And and Bradley Cooper's playing him. So I, that's, that's just amazing. I could see Bradley Cooper getting an Oscar nomination. And Bradley Cooper is another dude coming with strong shit. He had a movie coming out with Guillermo del Toro yeah. that we seen last oh, year. Oh, yeah. He's having a bit of a... Yeah. Yeah, and now he got a movie with Paul Thomas Anderson in the same year. Like, these both can be Oscar contenders for him in the same year. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, damn, that's crazy. He could be, like, a best lead and best supporting. Yeah, like Jamie Foxx did with, when he was with Ray yeah. and... What was the other movie? With the collateral. Taxi? Collateral, yeah. So, yeah, they, they could be a thing with him this year, so... Yeah, I'm uh, excited. What's really... Uh, uh, the only thing I don't like is that in the description it says it will release in select theaters on november 26th yeah so i hate limited release movies yeah 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 but see uh, and and uh, uh a lot of these movies they be limited release for the oscars and then they're gonna get a bigger release, release in january at, yeah after the fact yeah. yeah so i hate it because yeah me too because like i'm not gonna be able to watch the damn movie you know what I'm saying? all right we'll go ahead and move on to the next one and this is not a trailer this is a clip and uh, so, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to see the clip, obviously, uh, but you're going to hear it or whatever. But really, it doesn't matter. The dialogue doesn't matter. It's really just like, it's a clip from Red Notice, and it's starring Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. And so, Ryan, I'm going to explain God the scene. damn, Gal Gadot. I know. She's fucking bad. Oh. <laughs> she a baddie right now. Oh, she a baddie, boy. She, <laughs> you got to have her a top five actresses in the game right now. <laughs> Shit. So, yeah, like, I guess Gal Gadot is there to steal the golden egg. And uh, Dwayne Johnson is there to arrest arrest her. And she's like, oh, you're going to arrest me? Okay, well, you're going to have to come in over here and arrest me. And so, uh, yeah, basically it's a fight scene. So they released a three-minute fight scene on YouTube officially. And uh, I was actually kind of like, it looks like the, the tone is right. Like, I want to see this movie. But uh, the, it's what's ridiculous is that in no way... In no universe is, is someone the size of Gal Gadot going to win a fight against Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson, especially as big as Dwayne Johnson is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a little unbelievable, but it is what it is. It's like she's overpowering him and like, you know, like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, in this day's second movie together, so, you know, they it, fights like this really depend on the chemistry and like in the story like if something's going on with a rock it's like damn i can't hurt her or something yeah. and maybe she's defending herself off pretty well so it depends on the chemistry they look at it look, look, look. Oh, sorry sorry so dwayne johnson just gets hits the glass with his elbow 
<laughs> and Ryan he couldn't get it. Ryan That's Reynolds funny. Thing yeah, and he that, do it. that shit's funny. But Sorry, yeah, they, they was in Fast Five together, so they could have some chemistry there. And, uh, you know, and if it's depending on what the story is, you know, maybe he can't really go at her like he would but it does seem a bit ridiculous so but goddamn, she's so fucking hot even when she's doing fighting moves she turning me on like, <laughs> so uh we're gonna i'm gonna skip ahead on this fight scene but there's this one fight uh there's one maneuver that in no uncertain terms should it ever actually happen so i'm gonna just skip 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 all right so uh right about here all right so like she that doesn't. <laughs> she okay. She's like a buck twenty. Like, yeah. In real life, and Dwayne Johnson's at least two fifty, yeah. and so she picks up Dwayne Johnson and rolls her over her shoulder and just throws her down, throws him down on the ground. That is highly unbelievable. Yeah, that was but, real, that was a little ridiculous. Like, hands cu- handcuffs them together, hits the handcuffs, so they bump each other in the head. Uh, yeah, that was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> so, I like this movie, but it's also unrealistic. Just throwing that out there. And I'm no fighting expert either, but I can tell you right now, weight matters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, anyways, we'll go ahead and move on to the next the next trailer, Spencer. Now, I don't want to spend too much time about this because we already had a teaser trailer. This is an actual theatrical trailer, and it's the Kristen Stewart movie where she plays Princess Diana. And this is actually a real trailer because in the teaser trailer, all we had was just shots and music, and it was barely any spoken dialogue. Here, we actually get spoken dialogue so we can actually see most mm. of Kristen Stewart's actual performance and get a feel for it. Yeah. Have you actually seen this new trailer? No, I haven't. But oh. I'm a, uh but I, I really don't need to see it because I'm already like gun ho about this movie. I'm very excited. Kristen Stewart is a a, a a superb actor, like great actress. She's mm-hmm. just she's fantastic and the movie looked like it's shot like a Oscar. masterpiece. You it's know Oscar what I'm bait? Yeah, it got that Oscar bait that you want to see, but it looked like it shot like a masterpiece. So to me, it, it, hey, I'm excited for it. I'm already this one of them movies like this year, man, is gonna be stupid in the Oscars. This is gonna be a crate. Like it's funny because last year's Oscar, because of the pandemic, I didn't really give two shits about yeah. us talking about the Oscars. But this year, man, it's gonna be the, one of our biggest shows about the Oscars this year because okay. it's a lot of contenders, and this is one of them. All right, Spencer will be out in theaters in uh, November 5th. November 5th, which is like something that we actually said November 5th earlier when I talked about, um, what was it, uh, Electrical Life. Uh, anyways, uh, so next up is Finch. Now, this is the trailer that got me excited. This is an Apple TV uh, uh, Apple TV Plus exclusive. And uh, Apple TV Plus, we talked about uh, earlier in this podcast, like one of the early episodes, yeah. it was like an extra news item where like I reported that the Tom Hanks movie got bought out by Apple TV. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like the yeah. rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was sold to them. And uh, we were saying, oh, it's called Finch. Well, here it is. Mm-hmm. Finch. The first Finch trailer dropped. And it's starring Tom Hanks. And it's going to, let's see here. It says that it's going to release on November 5th. What is it with November 5th? Okay. Um, it's... Uh, the synopsis reads, a dying man builds a robot for his beloved dog during the post-apocalypse. So, yeah, that's what it's about. It's, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's by himself. He's living with the dog. And so he decides to just make a robot. And so that way, when he dies, the robot can, you know, help take care of the dog. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic world. This uh, looks, like, very interesting. It's kind of, like, very Last of Us-esque because it's, like, them. They're going on a journey through a road and, like, during, during this dangerous... A dangerous journey and stuff like that, and like um, basically, like there's so much crazy shit happening. They're run, outrunning people. There's storm happening, twisters, lightning, all that other stuff. So yeah, 
Um, I don't know if, uh, what you what you think of it. What you, what do you think of what you see here? I, I like it. I like the idea because it seems like it's a bit of a <clears throat> sci-fi movie as well, and um, it looks cool. Tom Hanks is, of course, a top ten, top five all-time great actor. So it's always good to see um, a Tom Hanks movie. I'm not big on the the tornadoes and shit, but yeah. but that, that's like, the he's only- like, oh, let me uh, let me uh, nail this. Uh, this thing down here to uh, protect ourselves. It's yeah, but, but it, it, it seems like one of them self-contained, really good movies. Yeah. It reminds me of one of my favorite, uh, Ex Machina. One yeah. of my favorite um, sci-fi type movies in the last 10 years was Ex Machina. And it gives me an Ex Machina vibe, just in the sense, not that it's the like same chappy, story. A little chappy vibe, too. Right? I didn't like chappy, but it, not, <laughs> not that it not that it uh, is the same story as Ex Machina, but how it's a contained story, you yeah. know? And that's what it seemed like to me so I'm, I'm very excited it seems like if it does its job right it should be heartwarming you should yeah. want to drop a tear in this movie so I think I, uh, I think it was Chappie because in the in the trailer like since I actually saw the trailer uh, he's like teaching the robot how to like walk and stuff and, yeah like, yeah mm-hmm. and so I was like it reminded me of Chappie in that man sense. another g- movie that seemed like it's gonna be good man November December wow <laughs> I know it's like very stacked wow Next up is another as a Netflix movie in black and white, shot it with a four by three aspect aspect ratio. It's called Passing. I'm not excited about this one. You've, man. you've seen this trailer? Yeah, I'm not excited about this one. A lot of people are, and I'm listen. I'm not saying that I'm gonna. I'm it's not. It's very it looks Oscar baity. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, it's Oscar baby. It's Oscar baity, but it's too Oscar baity. Like, <laughs> like, like it's. It's the definition of Oscar bait. And like, you don't like that. Yeah, yeah, Like, it's the definition of, like, let's do everything that the Oscars would like. You know, it, it feels... Let's tackle race relations. Yeah, and, it just feels yeah. like that. Like, it, and, and the thing is, once I see it, I could be completely wrong and it blows me away. I'm not saying off the rip is going to be bad. But it just gives me that vibe of, like, they're going for an Oscar. Like, some movies, like, can be Oscar baity because it's quality. And it's like, well, we need to drop this during the Oscar season. But this movie seems like let's go for this oscar let's say the stuff that's gonna get us the oscar let's you know what i mean and that's why i get that vibe from this and i think it's a little too on the nose because one of the things like uh, it's like and rebecca hall's directing this yeah yeah. what and see that's another thing i don't know how i feel about that like has she ever directed a movie before i mean she's an actress she's an actress yeah Yeah, but so i don't again i don't know how i feel about it she's a first time director but it supposedly went like getting a lot of reward love like oscar love so maybe it is good and i always like when i could see something about you know black actor black characters and stuff so it is you know it's right up my alley in that sense it's just i get the vibe of Oscar bait. So. Yeah, Tessa Thompson, right? She uh, she's very light skinned, and uh, basically the movie's called Passing because it's like her her character is white passing. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know you, you're because she's like half. half. Yeah. And so what happens is, um, uh, it's a movie about race relations in the sense that like you know. She's, and I like the I like the concept of yeah, the movie. Too. She's like married or about to get married to a white guy, and like the white guy's racist, but she doesn't. I guess he doesn't know that she's half black. Black, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, so crazy. And, I, and I think. I think it's very too on the nose when you're talking about like characters that are black and white and it's shot in black and white. Yeah, yeah. And it's like very pretentious. It, it really, yeah, that's the problem I have with it. Like that's literally my whole problem. It feels that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and the thing.
thing is, again, I like the concept of the movie. I like the idea of black characters, you know, involved in any movie. It's just, I, I hate it when I, it, it reminds me of uh, Will Smith's, uh, any Will Smith movie that'd be We're trash Oscar Seven made, pounds. But Seven Pounds. That's <laughs> the a, Pursuit of Happiness. No, The Pursuit of Happiness is honestly a good one. But The Seven Pounds, exactly, you read my mind. I literally <laughs> about to say Seven Pounds, they make it seem so, and it's atrocious. The movie sucks. But it just seemed like... What was it, that one with uh, uh, the Collateral Beauty or something like that? Collateral Beauty? <laughs> that was his worst... That was the, his recent trash. But if you watch Collateral Beauty, the trailer, it almost makes you cry. Yeah. But then you see the movie and it's like, oh my God, it's so bad. That's how I get that vibe with this movie. But I hope I'm wrong because if not, there go another Oscar contender. Comes out on, <laughs> comes out on November 10th. And yeah, what's up with November? I know, right? Uh, a woman is re- reunited with a black friend who has been living her uh, living her life as a white person. Okay, that's that's interesting. That's going to be in select theaters in October and November 10th on Netflix. And uh, next up, The Harder They Fall. It's another Netflix movie starring Idris Elba and a bunch of who's who's names of black actors. I've heard of this one. I we've haven't seen, seen this trailer, but... We've I... seen a trailer before on the previous episode of the podcast, but this is a new trailer. Okay, but and why does it say trailer one? I think okay, I guess it might have been a teaser then, if that oh, were the okay. case, if it was yeah. called teaser. Uh, it comes out on November 3rd. Again, that's basically November 5th. Uh, and uh, it stars Z- Zazie Beetz, Idris Elba, and Jonathan Majors. When an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites to uh, his gang to seek revenge in this Western. Now, this trailer almost is like a music video because it's got like Jay-Z music playing and then they have like a lot of beats happening, like a lot of actions that are like mm-hmm. them pointing to the beat of the song. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, uh, it's really, I, I don't know. How do, I don't know. I don't I'm, know. Glad, I'm glad to see Regina Hall get some love, but I remember you said this gave you that Django vibe. Yeah. You liked it because yeah. of that. But uh, I, I like to see Regina Hall. She's my favorite uh, woman act or one of my favorite women actresses. I love that she got that Oscar. Yeah. But uh like I said before, I don't know. You know, I don't know how I feel about this one either. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, it, it it's like I don't know, man. I, I don't know how to feel about it. It's th- shot well. I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I don't know. It just but I like I'm glad it I'm glad that it's a western though because I like westerns, but for some reason westerns don't get love no more. We don't see a lot of westerns like we used to. So I'm just glad it's a Western. And it looks like it's a lot of charisma. Everyone's black, and that's dope. You know, like, yeah. literally every single character is black. And that's fucking badass. Like, I love that. You know what I'm saying? Especially me being black. But uh, I don't really understand the, the time frame. When in the past can everybody just be black like this? Just doing shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's, it's just dope, though. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. All right. Next up is... American Underdog, and this is the last trailer, and it is about uh, Zachary Levi. He's, uh, you know, famous for being Shazam. He is, uh, his character is, uh, it's a true story. It's one of those, like, uh, what do you call it? What's that, uh, the blind side, you know, where it's like about sports a Sports movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a sports movie, and so his character is, like, an underdog. He's like, how do I put it? He wasn't drafted into the NFL, but yeah. he manages to get into the NFL after, like, you know, after, not through college or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's and a walk-on. So, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. So... Oh, so you know about this? No. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, it's, it's going to come out on Christmas Day, December 25th. It stars Zachary Levi, Anna Paquin, and Dennis Quaid. And I like the cast. It's a good cast. And uh, it almost kind of... Real talk, though, after seeing this trailer, it feels like this trailer gave away the whole goddamn movie. Oh, just really? Wanna, 
You know, that's the topic of the show. One thing I do like <laughs> just seeing this trailer, though, I like how the uh, football games are shot. Because one thing I hate about football movies, and particularly, like, the, the it look the, they always look so fake. Like, it always look like someone comes tackle somebody. Mm. and it, it don't look choreographed how a real game look. And I like just seeing this how it's shot. But that's yeah. just a nitpick. I don't know if this is going to be any good or bad. But My favorite know, football movie of all time is Any Given Sunday. Oh, I love that one. I got that, that one number two. You can't compete that one yeah, with that one. I, I got t- remember the Titans one, but I got that one right there in number two. Any given any given Sunday is a master masterpiece. Ah, flip them, man. Flip them, man. All right, but anyways, uh, so yeah, it feels like they're going for that kind of uh, feel. Of I don't think it's like, I don't think it's any given Sunday, but it does remind me of like the rookie, mm-hmm. which is also starring Jen, Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or like the Invincible, which was starring Mark Wahlberg. So yeah. it's kind of like those kind of movies. It's like one of those inspirational sports dramas. Um, and that's it for trailers. That was a lot of trailers, and uh, as always. The, the links to that will be in the show notes and in the description of the YouTube video as well. Anyways, we'll go ahead and move on to Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill What's, uh, is where we do the charts for the top 10 things that are on streaming services, as well as giving you guys a recommendation of what to watch on a streaming service. Uh, we'll go ahead and just sort of speed run through these ones because I'm not really too excited by what, what, what we're seeing here on the charts. Uh, on the top 10 things that are on Netflix, uh, Squid Game rose from number two to number one this week. So it went up the chart, which is very weird because as a general pattern, things tend to fall week to week, mm-hmm. not rise. rise yeah. So Squid Game is a number one. I guess people were like buzzing about it or talking about it. It's like, yo, you need to watch the show. Uh, number two is Midnight Mass, which is another show for Netflix. It's a Netflix original series. Uh, number three is the <laughs> and number three is the Starling, which is uh, the what's her name a Melissa McCarthy movie. Oh, it didn't even open yeah. at number one. Man, that hell didn't even start at number <laughs> one. That hell, yeah, lucky it got top number five. Three. Number four, My Little Pony, A New Generation. Number five, the old Adam Sandler movie called Grown Ups. That's random. I know, right? Number six is Sex Sex Education. Number seven, Coco Melon. Number eight, Intrusion, which we watched the trailer for Check This Out well, a couple of weeks back where it was about uh, starring Frida Pinto. Uh, I guess that movie opened. I didn't even know, but it came out on Netflix already. Uh, number nine is Monster Inside, The 24 Faces of Billy Milligan. And what's kind of funny about this is like we just watched the topic of the show for last week about how murder uh, documentaries mm. are like we like the guy, the fake, the fake producers, like we love murder documentaries. Yeah, yeah. And Every time go, it happens. Yeah, there you go. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number 10 is Clickbait. And for the top 10 movies on Netflix, so if you extract all of the, the shows out and go straight to the movies, we have The Starling. My Little Pony, Grown Ups, and Intrusion, all rounding out the top four. And then followed by number five is Vivo, number six is Safe House, number seven is DreamWorks' is Home, number eight is Kate, which I need to watch. Number nine, this 1970s classic Jaws, directed mm. by Steven Spielberg. Mm. And number 10, of, of all fucking things, Go Go Corey Carson, Chrissy Takes the Wheel. Uh-huh. It's Damn, a, it's, Jaws, I, like, it's crazy that Jaws made uh, top 10. I always love to see classics in the top 10. Yeah, so what do you want to say? Anything you want to say about either of these Netflix lists? Yeah, uh, I just did with Jaws. Right. Yeah. Okay. My right. Little Pony. <laughs> my Little lo- Pony. My, lo- my Little Pony got some love. Coco Melon. I'm going to just bring up Coco Melon every week just because. Like, just because it's legendarily in the top 
you know what I'm saying, 10 and never goes out. And, yeah. Uh, One of these days we're going to actually watch a clip of Coco Melon here on the podcast and I'll put, uh, it up, I'll put it on here. Top 10 things on iTunes. Number one is Free Guy. Number two, F9, The Fast Saga. Stays at number two from week to week. Number three, Venom rose up the ranks. Yep, it's getting closer and closer to that Venom. Let there be carnage. Number four is The Green Knight. Number five is The Protégé. Number six is Paw Patrol, the movie. Number seven is Cruella. Number eight is the Matt Damon movie, The Martian, from out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Number nine is Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. And number ten is The Forever Purge. Wait, Protégé, that's out? The Protégé? That movie came out in theaters. And I now, thought that just came out or it was about to come out. We talked about it on our new releases like a, like uh, like a, um, 45 days ago. Really? So it's been in theaters that long? Or at least 30 days for damn sure. But I think it's been in, it's been in theaters since mid-August. Oh, shit. No wonder it's on iTunes now. Because I was like, I thought, cause I, I, maybe because I've just seen a trailer or I've seen a, like a, a spot for it. Like, and so I thought it was like coming out. But I guess they just. Yeah, Maggie, the, the Maggie Q movie came out a while back. It's been a oh, minute. Okay. Uh, number the top ten movies on Amazon Prime, F nine the Fast Saga is at number one. Number two is Candyman. Number three is The Protege. Number four is Venom. Number five is Don't Breathe Two. Number six is Free Guy. Number seven is Respect. You got to put some respect on her name. <laughs> number eight is A Quiet Place Part Two. Number nine is Jungle Cruise, and number ten is Stillwater. Amazon. I, I ain't gonna lie. I like uh, Amazon Prime's top ten. Really? Yeah. I, just cause it's like. It's so much mixed shit, but it's still stuff that's relevant shit. You still yeah. got still water. You got a quiet place part two is still in there getting love. Don't breathe two came out. I see why Venom's on there because you know, like I just like the the variety of shit they got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Candyman. You know. My recommendation for the week is gonna be for the first time. Like I did it for the first time. Where last week was like I'm recommending something on Disney Plus. Well, this time. I'm recommending something on YouTube of all things. You can what? Find, YouTube? You can find something on YouTube. So, real talk, you can actually pay to watch movies on YouTube. You can actually, like, you know how you pay to watch movies on, Am- on Amazon or iTunes? Well, YouTube has a service like that where you can pay, like, the $8 yeah. or whatever to rent a yeah. movie. Yeah. And so, YouTube offers older catalog movies for free. Like, officially. Not like some, like, I uploaded a, sh- a movie on bootleg and whatever. No, it's officially through YouTube. Through them, mm, that's crazy. So that's if you if you find my recommendation is the Truman Show. So if you find the Truman Show, uh, straight up on YouTube, it's got free ninety nine on it right there, and you can just watch it. So that's dope. Uh, let me let me try. Let me just I'm just gonna show you guys. I'm gonna say the Truman. You should show. do it on there. I'm gonna do it right here. I'm gonna do it right here. So look right there. Oh shit. And actually, yeah, you're right. I can just do it right here on the on the YouTube. Yeah, show. so they can see. <laughs> so YouTube, I just go to YouTube and I just type in The Truman Show on the uh, on the search bar and then right there. It says right there. Oh, there we go. Here we go. Free on there at the top. So, yeah, uh, Oh, so that one just happened to be free? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot of free movies like like straight up through YouTube movies. Um, they're older movies. And you can okay. find them like kind of like a like a library, it's like a library, you know what I mean? Like okay. it's so uh, I there you go. You can watch the Truman Show, watch the movie. It's a movie starring Jim Carrey. It came out in the '90s, and uh, it's classic. about it's a classic movie. And he won the Golden Globe, and he his he his Golden Globe speech cost him an Oscar nomination. 
Uh, oh really? Yeah, because he he won the Golden Globe. He went up on stage. It's like I would like to thank the Academy, and like he was joking, right? <sighs> but because of that shit, he didn't even get nominated for an Oscar that year. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's right. Because <laughs> you know he was a comedian and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, 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 it was bullshit. That's so yeah. fucked up. That's so fucked up. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Uh, but yeah, the Truman Show is about uh, where. His uh, Jim Carrey's character was born into essentially a reality show, and like the producer, he uh, from off screen he raised him because he calls the shots about who he talks to, who he hangs out with. Mm. He he creates like he orchestrates a drama. He mm. orchestrates like this a life for him about with with love interests and everything like that. And he lives in a fake manufactured town where everyone around him. All his friends, his coworkers, they're actors. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, like they, like they have to be on script and all that stuff. And the producers like talking to their earphone, like, like you say this, say this, yeah. whatever. You know That's what I mean? just a dope premise, dope, dope concept. I think it's relevant today. To tell you the truth. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I think with like with smartphones and everyone always like vlogs themselves. Vlogs, yeah. Everyone like makes reality them, yeah. shows these days. Everyone makes themselves like the center of attention, right? Mm-hmm. So like it kind of makes sense, like that kind of yeah, yeah interesting premise where like people would actually tune in to watch. Yeah, the Truman Show. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's so. just fucking badass. That's a good. That's a good recommendation right there. Too. I know, man. That's, I be, that's you know what? I'm gonna say, fuck you, Troy. I be coming hard with recommendations week to week. Yeah, and yeah. you don't be like, yeah, you, you yeah. be on some hoe shit. Bro. Yeah, and my and see the thing is, me and you are one. So your recommendation <laughs> is my recommendation. So my recommendation for this week is the Truman Show. No, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So you know what I mean? Uh, everybody go see the Truman Show. <laughs> <laughs> that that'll be the, that, I mean it was a great recommendation. It was a great recommendation. See, I want I want to see a day when you top me. I'm like, damn. You know okay, I mean? yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, you yeah. found a deep cut. Like shit. Yeah, you know yeah, mean? for sure. You know. But anyways, I'd be like looking, I'd be keeping an eye out and see what kind of like good, I'll be more con- consistent, you guys, with the recommendations when Louis more consistent with topic of the show. <laughs> When that happens, then that'll happen. You, been, know what you know what? I've been listen, I've been consistent lately. I've been on. We've been on some grind, but we'll go ahead and uh, move on. Right, we're almost out of time, so we'll go ahead and move on to new releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So for new releases, it's very obvious that the pick of the week is one. It's going to be Venom. Like, there's no, there is literally no debate. But we'll go ahead and read the new releases here. The Mini Saints of Newark opens on, or sorry, The Mini Saints of Newark, colon, A Soprano Story. A Soprano Story opens on October 1st in theaters and on HBO Max. The synopsis reads, young Anthony Soprano is growing up, uh, growing up in one of the most tumultuous eras in Newark, New Jersey. History becoming a man, or sorry, uh, sorry, let me see. A tumultuous eras in Newark, New Jersey history. Comma. Becoming a man uh, just as rival uh, gangsters rise up and challenge the all-powerful Demio crime family. Caught up in the changing times is, is the uncle he idolizes, uh, Dickie Moltisanti, whose influence over his nephew will shape the impressionable teenager into the all-powerful mob boss Tony Soprano. So what's kind of interesting is the film stars Michael Gandol Michael Gandolfini, who happens to be James Gandolfini's son in real life. Real life yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So uh, James Gandolfini was Tony Soprano. So now his son is playing his younger version of himself. That's, That's like some Black Panther shit right well, there. Yeah, 
Alessandro Navola, Leslie Odom Jr., John Bernthal, Ray Liotta, and Vera Farmiga. Damn, that is a cast. Ray Liotta be on every gangster shit. Yeah, if, it's yeah. a, if it's a gangster movie, put Ray Liotta, Robert yeah. De Niro, or everybody, Joe Pesci. Everybody know to get them. Yeah, them <laughs> right there. Yeah, yeah, them right there. Uh, the next up is Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Comes out in theaters on Friday, October 1st. After finding a host body to um, an investigative reporter, Eddie Brock, the alien symbiote must face a new enemy, Carnage, the alter ego of serial killer Cletus Cassidy. The film stars Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, Reed Scott, Stephen Graham, and Woody Harrelson. Next up is The Addams Family 2. Uh, it comes out on October 1st in theaters. Hoping to get closer as a family, Gomez, Morticia, and the rest of the Addams clan embark on an adventurous road trip in a, in a hideous and humongous camper. Now look at this voice cast. The film stars Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, Nick Kroll, Snoop Dogg, Bette Midler, Bill Hader, and Wallace Shawn. That's a crazy that's cast. Like, that's just... That's all over the place. That's like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, with Chloe Grace Moretz. Hey. Like, like, Oscar Isaac, little Star Wars action in there. I know, right? Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's interesting. And I, we, I like the trailer. Remember we watched the trailer yeah. and it was like a cool-ass moment that and we it, laughed it's at? it's releasing at a good time because it's Halloween, Halloween. season, it's you know. October, and yeah. uh, Adam Family is a classic, so it's good that that's still getting love to this date. Uh, Mayday comes out on October 1st in theaters and we watched a trailer I wasn't impressed by it during Check This Out a couple weeks ago a hotel, a hotel worker finds herself transported to another world where a war is raging and a clutch of young women lure men to their deaths at sea via radio transmissions she soon realizes that she's not the killer they want her to be uh, so I don't know any of these actors, but okay, we'll go ahead and read it. The film stars Grace Van Patten, Mia Goth, Juliette Lewis, Soko, and Havana Rose Lou. I think I know Juliette Lewis. I think she's an older actress that's been in a lot of 90s shit. Okay. And Soko, I just looked it up because, like, why is it just one one word? And Soko is, like, a French pop star. She's a singer. Oh, okay. So okay. she's a big, and that's why she's, like, like Madonna. Mm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's one, yeah. one word kind of thing. Okay. So next up. The Guilty. Now, this actually, my second, my, if I were to have a two picks of the week, this would be my second pick. Uh, a troubled police detective demoted to 911 operator du uh, duty scrambles to save a distressed caller during a harrowing day of revelations and reckonings. The film stars Jake Gyllenhaal and features the voices of Ethan Hawke, Paul Dano, Peter Sarsgaard, David Castaneda, and Bill Burr. Yeah, this was that trailer that we seen, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah. the Halle Berry movie, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the public service announcements, uh, Attack of the Hollywood Clichés, which is a comedy special starring Rob Lowe, is out on Netflix, as well as the anticipated documentary, Britney vs. Spears, as of today. So I don't know if you know about that. That's like the Britney Spears situation. Yeah, yeah. They I got a documentary it. about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that is uh, definitely like I said Venom. I'm looking forward to that. I'll probably watch it in theaters this weekend. We'll have impressions for you next. My week. pick of the week ain't Venom though. It's, what? It's many Saints of Newark. You know. What I'm no, saying? you're lying. No, I'm serious. Like I don't. I'm not excited for Venom at all. Like I, I'm. I'm not. I'm on record stating that. I've never, I've not been a fan of the first Venom. Okay, you did say that. I remember that. And then this Venom looks no different <laughs> from that Venom. So what would make me like this Venom even more if I You're, didn't like that If anything, Venom? it's just more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like, I don't be super excited for shit just because it's a comic book movie. Be being the biggest fan of comic book movies that I am, I still feel like it got to be a good movie. I'm not just going to be excited just because. You don't strike me as the type that watched The Sopranos growing up, though. Nah, but it's it's 
for me, based off this list of shit, I'm more excited about that than a movie that I think is going to be bad. You know what I'm saying? Shit, and I would have at least given you like the benefit of the doubt if you said the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. You know what I mean? The Jake Gyllenhaal got that number two and Venom number three. You know what I'm saying? Damn. Like, yeah, like I'm not excited about the, the Venom movie. It's not rated R. Uh, it's fucking only like... Two hours on the dot. Yeah. Uh, I think even two sh- hours. Yeah, yeah, right. No, the rumor was wrong. It was ninety minutes. The rumor was like, oh, in eighty-eight minutes, and I'm like, it was wrong. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I don't know. I'm just not. The trailers do nothing for me. So, and to be honest, like I feel like they're hiding the movie from the critics. Like oh. they're they're usually Rotten Tomatoes would have been had a score for this movie. They don't have no Rotten Tomato score yet. So they must have either not let the critics see it or they did, but have them uh, embargoed. Embargoed. So. Any anytime to me, that's a uh, that's like a red flag to yeah. me. Like, oh, our movie's not good, so we don't want to show it. Let everybody see the Rotten Tomato score. That's to me what they what they doing. So I you know, know what? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Like, you do like a good gangster story, so I yeah, guess absolutely. it would make, it would make sense that you'd like you would want to watch the. Sopranos. And they've been promoting the shit out of the Sopranos. They marketing wise, I yeah. think they've done a really good job with the Sopranos because I've been seeing a lot of Sopranos, Sopranos everywhere. Yeah, fair enough. And also, you don't have to actually watch The Sopranos because it's a prequel. So you can yeah, literally yeah, like, yeah. go in there fresh. Fresh. And yeah. this might make me want to go back and watch The Sopranos. So. Yeah, all right. So we'll go ahead and wrap up the show there and end it here. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain All right, it's time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember you, reach, remember, ah, remember you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chocolaka88 and Troy. BracyTroy58. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, and tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>